0: We have a ton of things planned for tonight. woo uh, In a little bit, uh, Max Armstrong's going to join
1: us. He is, Max. Uh who's been a voice on this radio station for decades. He, like us, grew up on this radio station, Mm -hmm. literally behind this microphone. And he's got some big news he's going to share with us tonight. Yeah,
0: so that's coming up a little later. Uh, Also, Dr. Patrick Crispin is in town tonight. In the house,
1: yes. And Patrick
0: and Christine are celebrating their 16th wedding anniversary.
1: Yes, spending a couple of weeks with us. Well, actually, they're just taking up space, and their son, Joseph, our grandson, is right. spending a couple of weeks with us. So, I told them, you can go and do anything you want to do. Just leave the boy here. That's all I want.
0: So, uh... Joseph is going to help Patrick answer some computer questions tonight and uh, and who knows what else. He
1: wants to make his debut on the radio, he said.
0: Well, actually, he made his debut. He doesn't remember when he made his debut.
1: Live in studio? Yeah. When he went,
0: uh. When when uh, he was just a a, a, baby. A a, a mini person. Yes. (laughs) Also, a little later tonight, uh, we were not here last week. And last week, we lost a legend in in radio and a really really nice man absolutely uh dick Biondi. Mm-hmm. so a little later tonight uh we're going to pay tribute to dick and we have a uh, we've dug up it's an interview that we did with dick it was an in-studio interview mm-hmm. uh at the time uh, it was about two hours mm-hmm. and it was dick was between gigs and uh he was able to uh Uh, Since he wasn't tied to any particular radio station, he was able to come on over and hang out with us, and we had a wonderful night with him. We did,
1: and as he says at the beginning of the interview, he said, this is the only radio station in town I've never been on, so this (laughs)
0: this is like
1: one of those things I can check off my list, on my bucket list.
0: So a little later tonight, uh, we're going to share some memories of Dick Biondi and play uh, uh, parts Mm -hmm. from that interview, and we'll be joined by our friend Ronnie Rice, uh, uh, who... Uh, really uh, says that Dick is the one who started his career. Mm-hmm.
1: He's got some great stories, too. Yeah. And he wrote a terrific song. About, oh, boy. About uh, yep. Yeah. So, yep. so we got a lot of things to cover tonight. And we have a lot of people here with us, so we will introduce you to them and do a little shout-out round robin after we take a break here on WGN.
0: That's a very quiet uh, bump you're playing, Julian. Is that uh, from from the new album, uh, Whispers and Softer?
1: Don't pick on the boy. He's got to be with us for the next four hours and forty five minutes. so
0: that that was the sequel to uh, the okay. Jackie Wilson song, Whispers Getting Louder.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But that's Julian on the other side of the glass. That's the producer that's going to hold this thing together. So, yeah, so, so
0: buckle up. We- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you, Julian. <laughs>
0: well, By that's Julian, whose picture you will see if you go to our Facebook page. And uh, that would be facebook.com Steve and Johnny Show. Mm-hmm. And you will see some of the sites that we saw as we were driving in tonight. And you will see a picture of Johnny and Julian connoitering,
1: putting our heads together,
0: making. Because. They Later, they'll be reconnoitering, Re-connoiter, but this was the yes. initial connoiter.
1: Yes. Don't use up all the good stuff in the first half hour. You've got another... I have all these words
0: <laughs>
3: you left.
1: Also with us, Ron Brown's in the newsroom.
3: Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hey Ron. Welcome back.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thank you,
3: thank you. We got uh,
1: Ron, we got Margaret in the newsroom, and Gabe. How long is Margaret sticking around tonight? Do we know?
3: Uh, she's going to be sticking around for about another five or ten minutes. Oh, she nice. likes us so much. We <laughs> have so much have fun no here. Yeah. No, and we like her.
1: But you know what? It's such a gorgeous night. I'd be hightailing it out the door right now. It is a beautiful July This is night.
0: one of the prettiest nights driving into the yeah. station tonight.
1: Yeah. Also, across the table, from me is the keeper of the big plug, the one and only Bob Pakuda. Good evening. Who fought his way through the Dave Matthews and Sting crowd to get here to work, right? Yeah, it was worse than NASCAR. That is saying a lot, too. Yeah. Is it because we planned for NASCAR and we didn't plan for the yeah, influx? I,
3: I, did, I wasn't expecting this today. Thank goodness I left earlier.
1: Yeah. So you got the Chicago Sting and Dave Matthews at Northerly Pier for night number two and what, you were stuck on Lakeshore Drive or Lower Wacker? Or yeah, Lake-
3: Lakeshore Drive.
1: Wow. But you know what? If you've got to be stuck, it's so pretty, right? I say that every time when we opt to go to the drive instead of the Kennedy. Oh, absolutely. At least it's pretty. You know, if you were a tourist, you'd be out of your mind saying, this is so cool. Never mind that I'm sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic.
0: Speaking of so cool, we were not here last week because of NASCAR, but... Patrick Chrisman, and we'll talk about this a little later. Uh, we've decided that what happened last week, we're going to start a tradition. Ron, did you have problems getting in uh, last week? Because NASCAR may have been a bear down here, but watching the race at home was actually kind of cool.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was a hoot and a half. I mean... Yeah.
3: We didn't fi- We didn't have any problems. Uh, you know, I didn't have any problems getting into and out of work. And uh, everybody else here that I talked to said that they were surprised. Most people stayed off the roads, and that's mm-hmm. what made it easy to travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it looked beautiful, though. I-, I wish the weather had been better because it was a little scary with all the puddles on the road and, mm-hmm. of course, the delay. But seeing that one part of the track where you can see michigan avenue and just regular cars and buses driving yeah. along and then the nascar cars are in front of that it was just a, a wonderful weird juxtaposition of images and it went by so fast
0: but bobby you were saying you kind of got redirected to uh to come into the station last week
3: yeah i decided to avoid all of the lakeshore drive et cetera. so i i took uh the dan ryan to the kennedy and got off at ida b wells and then a snuck down lower Wacker. Mm-hmm. and uh you have they have to keep lower wacker open because you know that's pretty much the emergency route sure. so, yeah
1: yeah and if you live in chicago you should know how to get around lower wacker oh yeah because it's the best secret yep. in the world and if you don't know what we're talking about go back to the batman movies the early batman movies <laughs> yeah. and then you'll see what lower wacker was and all about.
0: what was the first movie uh was it the fury or the omen that was filmed on lower wacker Oh, gosh. I'm, the I Because I remember I was working over at the Once Big 89, and I had a parking space on Lower Wacker came out, and I couldn't get to my parking space because they had the area blocked off. They were shooting a... Uh, uh, a car chase.
1: Did you have rats valet your car back then? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And they were big rats. We don't see them like we used to. Do you guys remember that? Like they were the size of cats and they would stand in the middle of the road and look at you with their hands on their hips, like, come on, buddy, try to drive past me.
0: And they'd get very upset if you took their parking space. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I was the one, and you know this, Steve. Yep. We would see them a block away and I would start blood curdling screams Hit it!
2: Hit it! <laughs>
0: Well, one of the weird, I've told this before, but I will recap it very briefly. We were working at a different radio station, and one of the engineers this was on yes. the weekend. One of the engineers, for whatever reason, needed to make a bank deposit. Yeah. He was still working. He said, "Could you take this and just uh, go to the bank and uh, drop this in the deposit thing for me?" I said, "Fine. I leave, and it's like five in the morning as I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Still dark. I'm trying to get to the bank, and I decided, well, I'll you know, do a little shortcut through this alley. Bad move. Get about halfway into the alley, and all of a sudden, I see the alley in front of me is moving. Oh. And I hit the brights, and it's rats. Oh and I just Stop. floored it. <laughs> At that point, it was, okay, sorry, but but I'm out of here. You
1: know on the list of things that I absolutely hate, and I am so sorry I went there because I'm to blame. Yes,
0: if this was oh your my gosh. <laughs> this was your subject trigger.
1: I have to change the subject, because i got okay. a whole bunch of people to give a shout-out to, because they are literally listening to us from all over the country tonight. But, thank goodness, we still have Brian Lefevre, who's right here in Chicago. So, thank you, Brian. Helen Thomas in Kenosha. Sharon Tolner and Joe Smith is in Nashville, listening on his Sony Walkman. Cool. Uh, Jeff Welshantz is in Elk. Elk
0: what if it's an AM stereo Sony Walkman?
1: Oh, those were the best. They we, really we've were. still
0: got, I of think, course we three do. of them.
1: Well, of course we do. <laughs> and they still work. <laughs> Jeff is listening in Elkins, West Virginia. Lester Clyden is either in Minnesota or in Wisconsin. He doesn't know how far he's going to get tonight. Ron Altman is in Sycamore. Bobby Danos, our buddies in Samich. Chuck Snitchler and Hobart, again, one of the mm-hmm. best friends to this radio station. And his great niece is going to turn one year old tomorrow. Athena, happy birthday. Diane Vasquez with a Z is in the south suburbs. Norb Rosansky in Aurora. Constance is in Harton County, Ohio. Uh, We have um, Robin in Dyer, Indiana. Barb in Samanuck. Judy B's in Oak Lawn. uh, John Patrick is in... Bowler? Bowler where? I don't know. Or maybe that's John Patrick Bowler. That's who that is. (laughs) Joan is in Greendale, Wisconsin, a lovely part of the world. Gina's listening in Colorado on her iPhone. Uh, Jean Jacobson is in Milwaukee. And we have Rita listening in Fort Worth. And Carrie Johnson is in Palm Coast, Florida, just to name a few. And we ask you every Week to tell us where you're listening from and who you are, and we try to give you a shout out on the
0: and how you're listening. If you're listening by uh, yeah. the interweb or by uh, the old-fashioned AM radio,
1: yep. And a couple people were reminded to chime in, so we got. Uh A 331 in Fox River Valley. And Stacy from Algonquin is tuned in. And you can get to us throughout the night. Uh, Dawn is in Stevensville, Michigan. Doug is in Northfield, Massachusetts. Margie and Doug are in Northfield, Massachusetts.
0: Margie, have you met Doug? Doug, have you met Margie? I
1: know. That crossed my mind, too. Like, hmm, that's okay, good. I'm glad they're there together. Uh, You can get to us throughout the night at 312-981-7200. You can text us. Of course, when we're talking about... about computers you can get your questions in Mm -hmm. uh, about technology uh either via text or you can call us because patrick will be live in studio
0: and yes as we're talking computer tonight uh one of our threads will be about threads
1: Mm -hmm. and a lot of people
0: asking about that
1: bob have you signed down to threads you're not doing threads nah gabe are you doing threads don't tell me. I'm mean, sorry. I'm looking. At, I'm looking at Julian and saying, "Gabe, Julian." And Julian looks over his shoulder instead of saying anything. Are you doing threads?
0: <laughs> Why can we but not he can hear, hear you? you? Wait a minute. Let me. Uh, Somebody
1: broke your side of the radio station, Julian.
0: What would that be? Which one should that be? Should that be a two program or? Yeah. Okay. Let me. Uh, Testing, testing. Yeah, there you are. There it is. Okay, well, that okay. explains it. There it, it is. is. Uh-huh.
3: Aha. Yeah.
1: That explains everything, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, no, I am not on Threads.
1: Do you have any interest in going to Threads?
3: I, you know, I'm not a social media guy.
1: Really?
0: So I, you're not on Instagram? I mean, I am, but that's where I put my photography. But okay. I, it's Because through Instagram, that's how you can sign in with Threads. Threads. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. yeah.
1: We'll, we'll explain everything about that.
0: Come but now, here's a question mm-hmm. that I have, and I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. If you are not on Instagram... Can you be on threads? Yeah. I'd I be- believe the answer is no, from the, what I know. I believe you're correct, but Dr. Patrick Crispin will uh, explain it all yes, to us. just
1: in case. There's a 50-50 chance I'm right. So yes, <laughs> yes you, go. you can. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: <laughs> I kind of like it.
1: It's pretty simplistic. Uh, Ron Brown, are you on Threads yet?
3: No, I haven't. Uh, I am on Instagram, and uh, I got a, uh, some kind of notification that said, here's how you get onto Threads. I yeah. thought, well, I'll do it later, and uh, a lot of people are on there, so I think I'll just join yeah. the party.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, I, I have a
0: uh, a question for you. Johnny and I were uh, on opposite sides of this. Uh, Ron, you were in the Air Force, weren't you, Ron?
3: U.S. Air Force, yes, I was. Ah. I thought so,
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't see? doubt you. I said I had never <laughs> seen any documentation of that.
3: All right, let's see documentation, young man. I will be bringing it in shortly. I, I have some photos on Facebook that I'll just be sending to you.
1: That's what Steve had seen. And I said, well, I never saw them before. Yeah. I should learn. Uh, from
3: 82 to 87. And I was wow. in the Armed Forces Radio. And it was a great job. It was a great yeah. experience uh, being paid to work in radio in Europe. You know, wow, I was loving it.
1: Well, thank you, too, for your service. Do you have Five any years? old
3: air checks? I don't. I don't think I saved them on on, on cassette. Uh, but, you know, it was just a lot of fun playing rock and roll and uh, AFRS in Athens and then uh, moved over to the TV side. But uh, I had a, a lot of callers from the uh, from the uh, uh, Greek citizens who would call up and request, you know, Van Halen music. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it was it was we were spreading the good word of rock and roll.
0: Oh, that's good. Well, now we're going to stop talking to Ron and let Ron talk all by himself. So stay around. Yeah, she thinks his tractor's sexy. That has been uh, one of the Max Armstrong theme songs for a long time. But before we bring the boy on, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Putman with some Max Facts.
1: That's right. 60 seconds of Max Facts. He is one of the nation's premier and most recognized farm broadcasters on radio and TV. Max has devoted almost five decades to talking to farmers and sharing the message of agriculture coast to coast and around the world. He worked full time in the WGN Radio Farm Department for 31 years. He worked with broadcast legend Orion Samuelson for 45 years on WGN Radio, Tribune Radio Network and RFD-TV. Max grew up hundreds of miles from Chicago and southern Indiana with the dream of being behind a microphone. He came to WGN Radio just a few years out of Purdue. He's been married for 41 years, dad to two girls and granddad to two girls. He's been a volunteer fireman and fire commissioner. He's a tractor historian, an aficionado of all things tractor related. In his time as a highly respected ag journalist, he's covered 14 secretaries of agriculture. He's the author of From the Heartland, with a second book out later this year. And at 70, Max has made a life-changing decision, and he joins us tonight to talk about that. Oh. Six, 61 seconds. Max is live. Hello, Max. Hey,
4: Max. Oh, I feel like I'm ready to pass away now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And guess what? you guys? Great. Max, to visit with you. You,
1: too. I do that all for memory. Isn't that impressive?
4: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know how your memory is. You oh, bet.
1: Max, be nice now. We're only two minutes into the interview.
4: <laughs> that's, that's right. I, I thought we'd just pick up where we left off, Johnny. <laughs>
1: that only happens well actually it's dark out i was going to say that only happens when it's dark out so never mind uh i said (laughs) that you have made a life-changing decision and that's why you join us tonight to shed a little light on that what have you decided to do my friend
4: well it's time to slow down a little bit you know i've been uh, as you point out i've been running hard for a long time and really really enjoying my career but i decided to I guess, formally retire from what I've been doing with Farm Progress Companies for 14 years. I will stay engaged with them. As a matter of fact, I will be at the Farm Progress Show coming up in Decatur, August 29th through the 31st. I'll continue to do some TV specials for them Mm -hmm. that run on RFD TV. I'll continue to do my Max's Tractor Shed segment every week on their television show, This Week in Agribusiness. Good. But, uh, yeah, I'll be spending a little more time at home and a little little less time at Midway and, and Raleigh-Durham Airport <laughs> and on those Boeing 737s at Southwest oh, they're yeah, gonna you, miss You
0: have the gold pass from Southwest,
4: Southwest don't you?
5: Yes.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: goodness. You know what? I'm very serious about this. It's, it's just worked so well for me over the years, mm-hmm. nonstop from Raleigh-Durham into Midway. And uh, I have been on over 700 Southwest flights over, over these uh, nine and a half years. And if you, if you factor in all the other planes I've been on, private aircraft and, uh, and even some Air Force planes back in the 80s when I was overseas as the Secretary of Agriculture, mm-hmm. I've had more than 800 flights uh, in my career, probably close to 850 wow. as I tallied them up. But I, I bet I've forgotten some.
0: So, so I guess the obvious question is, which have you ridden more tractors or airplanes?
4: <laughs> probably, probably planes. I don't know. Yeah, you, you got to think back to the early days when I was on tractors a lot as a kid. And uh-huh. uh, but you know, it's it's just a reminder of uh, how reliant I've been on others and how blessed I've been, fortunate to be. You know, in good hands all the time. And, you know, every time, I don't know how you guys are, about every time I go by the cockpit door, I stick my head in and, and say, hey, thank you. Thank oh, you.
0: oh, yes. That, literally, right, yeah. literally, every time we get off a plane, and I'm not I'm not just saying this, I uh, say to the flight attendant, and if the pilot is there, I say, thank you for a safe flight. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Absolutely. It's, uh, it's the crucial thing, and uh, yeah, I don't know where I'd be without them. I, I certainly couldn't have had the, the career that I've had uh, had I not been able to hop on a plane and many of those flights we as you know, on Air Orient. Uh, sure. Play video for forty years.
0: Right. Well, right. the one thing, one piece of advice I will give you, I, I think you will find very quickly the same thing that Johnny and I found when we kind of stopped doing this full time and we just, you know, occasionally come back and do a, a drive by and a, and a weekly show. With all this free time, you won't believe how busy you are, and you'll wonder how the heck did you do all the things you did when you didn't have all this quote free time.
4: Yeah. Everybody says that. Now, what a doctor of mine was a little concerned about me. He said, "You sure you've got something to do?" I said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to be all right there. I'm not yeah. uh, not yeah. too worried about that."
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned a doctor because um, someone said, "Well, I wonder if Max is okay." Because
0: well, now, that's a totally separate well, question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long question. <laughs> <a minute>, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but actually, she was she was kind of touching on the is he stepping away from doing what he's done for so many years because. He He's he's not feeling well, but you sound like you're, you're. You're as my granddaddy used to say, "Fine as frog's hair."
4: Oh yeah, you know what? I've really been fortunate in that regard, Johnny. My health has been knock on wood, it's been yeah. great, and uh, I try not to do anything stupid. You know, I've, I've my 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 knees uh, hurt a little bit mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, my, my, my thumbs are bent, and, you know, I mean, a lot of that has been from just working down here on our place. You know, we we yeah. board some horses, board, board some nags for some nags, and... You know, <laughs> working,
2: that was Max who
4: said that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope the Skywave isn't humming in quite as strong tonight. But, no, it's uh, it, it is always something to do, and I've really been fortunate, indeed, to have good health. Linda and I both are... In, and pretty doggone good shape, as, yeah. as it turns out. We're yeah. very thankful for that.
0: Well, the, every time I look at some of the pictures that you post on Facebook, the beautiful pictures of your farm, I can understand why you want some more time just to hang out there and and, and plow the fields or, or do whatever you feel like doing.
4: It, it is it is just a teeny tiny horse farmette, is basically what it is. <laughs> and down down a down a pothole filled dead-end road. And and I was telling you, I was talking to a guy about this today, I said, when when folks turn down our road, I want them to hear the Deliverance banjos. (laughs) I want them them to think, should should I be going down this road? And it usually works.
1: Oh, that's good. (laughs) Well, Max, can we take you in the Wayback Machine to, uh, as I said in the Max Facts, it was just a few years out of Purdue. When you ended up here at this radio station. And yeah. I just, I love the stories that you tell of being Boy Max, living on a farm, a working farm, but still longing to be on the radio behind the microphone. Uh, yeah. As a kid, you were actually listening to this radio station, weren't you?
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I would sit at the old farmhouse down there, and uh, we had a, a radio in the window in the room of, oh. of uh, that I shared with Brother Steve, and it, and it sat in the window so we could get the the distant signals. Oh. And uh, so I would listen to WGN, WLS, WJR out of Detroit, mm-hmm. CKLW out of Windsor, and uh, WCCO Minneapolis, the list goes on, and, and dreamt of being right where you guys are. Yeah. And. Uh, And so it was, you know, I was so fortunate to meet Orion when I was working for the Illinois Farm Bureau. We met on the floor of the Chicago Board of Trade back in the day when the traders were standing at the pits, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, trading there. There were some 5,000 people in the trading community at that time. And and that gave us a a great audience in this city, of course.
0: So really, from the time that, that you were old enough to think about what you wanted to do, radio was on your radar.
4: Oh, absolutely! And then uh, my sixteenth summer—I, you know, it wasn't just summer the first time, Steve. If you know what I'm talking about, Johnny knows what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah, we may have to
0: pick up a little Bobby Goldsboro later. <laughs> no, no, we later. don't.
4: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I got my FCC license and my driver's license the same summer, and then started working at a little 500 watt station down Holstead uh, Avenue, about 270 miles, a little town of Mount Carmel, Illinois.
1: I don't think I ever asked you when your voice changed. When did you get this voice? Were you like 13 and all the other kids were cowering? Like, oh, where is that coming from?
4: You know, what's funny is I'm sounding like my dad in so many ways. uh, Actually, I will tell you that I have only had the radio voice that I wanted for about the past six or seven years. What? You're kidding. What? What? Everything dropped, I guess. I finally (laughs) matured.
1: You won't live that one down. Everything dropped.
4: You know, we're late enough, we're okay here, aren't this we? This is true, yes, <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> And it's already going on 11 in your world, so...
4: <laughs> it, it That's right, yes. I, I rarely am up this late. I stayed up for you folks. You
1: know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because this is a really big deal, the fact that you are stepping away from working full-time. is. I, I mean, it, it blows my mind. And you have fans... Do you have any idea Max how many farms you have set foot on Oh
4: you know, it's funny. I was just looking back, and, and I was talking. You know, we were talking about the flights, and some of those were mm-hmm. just specific farms. Mm-hmm. And uh, goodness, a broken bone in Nebraska, uh, oh. you know, out in uh, northwest Kansas, uh, western Ohio. I really don't know how many farms there have been. Some farms have been back to well three times. Mm-hmm. There's there's a farm in southern Wisconsin, Crazy Acres Farm. Jim <laughs> Wilder up there farms just a, a little bit uh, to the east of the interstate up in Janesville. I have been to the Wildman farm three times. It has pictures of all three of those times I've been there. And it, you know, it, They're just wonderful folks that have always welcomed us in. And, and, and I have probably been on more farms in the past 10 years than I've been on in the, in the previous uh, you know 35 of my career. And so but, it's really been joyful from that standpoint.
1: It's also taking you around the world to m- many nations, right? Going to farms in other countries.
4: Yeah, you know, I've been, I, I Orion and I both, you know, traveled a lot. And uh, I, I think I originated broadcast from 30 different countries, and some really unusual ones. Uh, Algeria, uh, <laughs> you know, Yugoslavia. We went to Egypt. Cameraman Bobby Verreco and I went to Egypt, and uh, I looked like a government official, apparently, when we went <laughs> in over there. And and people would come up to me. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, how you doing? You know, Bob, Bob, who used to direct TV wrestling for for Channel 44 in Chicago, said, "Hey, we got to make the most of this, man. We got to go into places where we're not supposed to go." I said, oh, "I don't think so." <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Because you were were you wearing a suit when you're walking around in Egypt?
4: Or <laughs> I wasn't really. I think I did have a tie on part of the time. We yeah. attended some uh, formal events there. In, in Egypt, but yeah, there'd be people go, oh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it, it was a government official they liked. You know, oh, that's yes, that's right.
2: Case. Good
0: point. Yes. Well, you talk about uh, seeing farms all around the world. I think most people know that some farms are good for uh, for growing a certain thing or raising a certain kind of uh, the animal or whatever. What is the most unusual farm that you ever went to in your travels around the world? <laughs>
4: Oh, this is this is a great one. I went to Tasmania. Uh probably, you know, it's just south of Australia. And and truly on the, some of the farms in Tasmania, they were raising the devil. You know, it's it's a nasty me? creature.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah,
4: yeah, I met the, I went to Tas that's right. I went to Tasmania and I met the devil. <laughs> Steve, I bet you met the devil a few times, didn't you? Well you married her, but that was <laughs> <laughs> That's two for no, they, Max. there was a disease at that time there was a disease wiping out the Tasmanian devil. So they were actually compensating oh. some of the farmers there to raise them in captivity to foster growth. Oh <laughs> and, my god. And this guy took me back to meet his devils.
0: No Whoa. kidding. <laughs>
4: Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. at the animal. It's a nasty animal. I mean he would hold a hind yeah. quarter of a calf over there and that thing you would hear the bones cracking. Oh bags.
2: Oh stop. A, yeah. Oh
4: it was nasty. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that would have been the most unusual yeah. farm I'm I'm sure that I visited uh And, and, you know, all of the visits were just so great. Coming out with another book this summer called More Stories from the Heartland. Steve and Diane are helping me again the way they did you guys.
0: Yes, they did. As a matter of fact, uh, and, of course, you're talking about uh, Steve Alexander, who people hear regularly on WGN. When the book comes out, you have to come back on and hang out with us, and we'll talk about the book. That's going to be what, on Thanksgiving or something?
4: Actually, I think it's going to be out sooner than that. Uh, hopefully sometime in the next 30 to 45 days. We're oh, going to great. do an audio book on it as well. So that's
0: going to be fun. Oh, you've no. learned how to read? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. You, know, oh, you one me to that. Tell,
4: <laughs> one, one story I'll tell was the day that the FBI called me about my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know some, there's some great personal stories and uh, and just some some uh, you know I, I think it's a reflection i truly call it my book of thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, because i've been so thankful to to be able to do what i've been uh, fortunate enough to do over all these years so blessed by god to be able to hang out with some great people and and to go to a lot of uh, great places
1: And the amazing thing is your career in radio, when I look back on it and the time that we spent with you, and and that was literally decades, it was always fun. I know there was a lot of work behind the scenes, but we had so darn much fun. In fact, a listener from Michigan text how much she enjoyed the local item, and I thought someone actually remembers the local item, that wacky little small-town story we used to tell, and we would read it from newspapers just before the 5 o'clock handoff to Bob Cop collins because you would be in there with us and that would always set bob off because it would be something crazy or maybe i would read it wrong and it just was such a great mood changer
0: years ago i oh, heard really from watching. i heard from a listener years ago who said they recorded all of the local items and wow. i'd love to hear that collection yeah wow <laughs> Well, you know,
4: you guys never knew what you were going to get when that door opened up, and I walked in. You know, because oh no! When I left to Page County. I'd leave to Page County about forty five minutes earlier, and I would stop and get a full blown high octane <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> right so, and when i came through that yeah I, I was a walking time bomb by the time i came <laughs> through that door
0: well and and the days when you got the mountain dew and if uncle bobby had said by the way we need some sliders oh then it yeah. was all over
1: yes oh, my. oh
4: man yeah it could get kind of rough in there but what a joyous time it was as you point out johnny just just a great crew wonderful people it up was. and down the line yeah
5: yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and we all, and, you know, we be
4: welcomed in, you know, as members of the family. I guess that's the thing that it occurred to me as I was talking about on our television show the other day. These farm families have, and, and GN listeners have considered us members of the family. Absolutely. And yeah. there's something very neat about that. Yeah. Oh,
0: and, and we've all worked for various radio stations, but I think I can. Uh, Speak for all of us when I say I don't know that there is any other radio station that has more of an extended family than WGN Radio.
4: No, I think you're exactly right, uh, and uh, just that sense of family, and, and it still comes up. I mean, there's still people. You know, there's a TSA agent at Midway who said something to me not more than about uh, 18 months ago about how much he enjoyed, you know, listening to GN over all the years.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, Max, I'm happy that you have, you know what, I'm not going to get ugly. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just happy you could join us tonight and just share, uh, officially share the news of your, quote, retirement. And I have a feeling that we're going to check with you in like six months, and you're going to say, I'm sorry, I can't take your call. I'm just way too busy. Yeah. I've got too many irons in the fire. No, <laughs> it's,
4: it's always a treat to be on the station. I get to visit with John Hansen every now and then talking yes. about the economy and the ag economy and and, and we didn't even get to mental health, farmer mental health. Yes. We need to do that sometime, too. Let's do that. Let's do that seriously. in the next few
1: weeks, because that's one of our news stories tonight. Ron Brown had the story about Illinois addressing farmers' health and, and making services available to them. And I know you've been active in, in that cause as well, you, na- nationwide. Quite
0: seriously, can we get you back on in a couple of weeks to talk about that, Max?
4: You bet. I'd be honored always to join you guys. And that's a special, important topic to me.
1: It certainly is. And that's something that I, I'm guessing that, what, 30, 40 years ago, you, you really didn't address that. I'm sure there was still...
4: Unfortunately, yeah, it's it's still tough to address it in many communities. You know, the towns are small and people talk and farmers yeah. worry about that, unfortunately.
1: But the pressures were always there.
4: It's always tough being there. They right? always have been there. That's yeah. an excellent point. They've always been there. Tough economy, yeah. tough weather, tough government decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If people want to follow you, Max, what's the best way for them to do it?
4: I'm on Twitter at Max Armstrong. I do tweet from time to time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do do put some stuff on LinkedIn, Max Armstrong as well. That's probably the best way to do it, I guess,
1: Steve. Sounds good. Well, get that book done so we can get you back on the radio, and let's definitely plan (laughs) on talking about mental health in the ag world.
4: Uh, Thank you both. I appreciate you both so much. You know that. You guys take care of yourselves.
0: Take care, Max. Thank you, Max. Bye-bye now. It. Max is one of the special people.
1: Yeah, I, he I adore really, him. Really,
0: really is.
1: And I just love to to razz him, but yeah, <laughs> I'm always afraid he's going to come back at me double. So I kind of back down tonight. Uh.
0: So we'll, we'll have Max back on in a couple weeks yeah. uh, to talk about uh, farmers and mental health and. When his next book comes out,
1: yeah, I love the fact that he's going to make that an audio book too. Yeah, now that he's got the radio voice, you know, after all these. And years. now that
0: he learned how to read, uh, Steve, Steve King, and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio, and uh, we've all been busy watching the fireworks.
1: Yes, it's that a gorgeous go off at Navy display. Navy Pier, gorgeous, and that goes on every Saturday night at ten o'clock until Labor Day, and also if you happen to be downtown on Wednesday nights, you can catch the big display at. Uh, Actually, I like to think that the fireworks were specifically for our guest tonight, yes, exactly. our ten o'clock guest, because in the studio tonight we have our very special guest, Mr. Joseph Crispin. Hello, hello, <laughs> welcome to WGN in Chicago. You are familiar with the show because you listen to us in Pasadena, don't you? Yes, I do. You listen to us on the podcast, right? Yes, especially when your daddy's on the radio. Yep, I do. You do. Can we talk to you before we talk to Dad for a few minutes? Yippee, yippee.
0: <laughs> so you, you had a busy day today. What did you do today?
6: We went on the boat, which is like close by the fireworks. It's in the river.
1: Yes. You went on the architectural tour, right? Yep. And they told you all about the buildings. And did you go to the bean
6: um, yes, we went to the Bean today. I saw your picture at the Bean. You looked like you were tough standing there. I also got a SpongeBob Popsicle, but here's the surprising part. They're chocolate ice.
1: What? Not Not yeah. Lemonade. Or what did we have before?
6: Bubble gum. Bubble gum. Oh, that was so good. Ch- not bubblegum gum ice, only chocolate now.
1: Chocolate.
2: Mm. I
6: didn't really like it, but I, I like the flavor on the popsicle, but not the chocolate eyes. is what I didn't like.
1: <laughs> you don't like chocolate very much. <laughs> no. No. But you love your Pokemon. We've, we
6: know that, right? I love Pokemon, and so is Eevee. <laughs>
1: Eevee is your favorite. But... Steve On that window Behind Joseph
0: I see On the window behind Joseph Who is that on the window Behind Joseph
1: Jigglypuff And who is that for? Gigi That's for me I got my own Jigglypuff Because that was my favorite Ooh Look Joseph They're doing the big finale Yeah this is
0: the big fireworks finale
1: Ooh Wow That's awesome Yeah we didn't get to see Much fireworks for the 4th of
0: July So this makes up for it Right?
6: Are we almost done with the fireworks? Almost done. Then we'll get down to the business the, of computers. That's it. The,
0: the fireworks are done now.
6: Okay. <laughs> what else? Did you, you you had pizza today too, right? Yeah, we had the delicious
1: pizza. Was that uh, Giordano's that you went to? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So did you get get any leftovers to take home? Um. No. 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 Because <laughs> you usually like to eat it for breakfast, right?
6: I liked it. We had a late lunch.
1: Yeah, a late lunch. <laughs> you're doing great now. You're going to help Dad with computer questions, right? Yippee deppie. <laughs> Where did yippee
6: deppie come from? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just found it.
1: <laughs> this is your this is like your dream though, right? To make your debut on the radio.
6: Yeah.
0: Actually, you made your debut on the radio years ago, but you don't remember it. You, you were just a little person then you were a baby
6: I
1: think I still remember I was holding you in my arms and I put you in front of the microphone and you went <laughs>
6: meow. meow, 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 meow. <laughs> That's exactly what you did,
1: (laughs) and that was on the Fourth of July. It was,
6: yes. Wait, was that
1: Fourth of July or not? I I didn't read. No, I think it was the Fourth of July. He was a tiny. September. It was September. Okay, maybe Labor Day. It was a Labor Day. Yes, and he was a tiny baby because he was born April first. And yeah, that's right. So, speaking to the microphone, Mom. Don't be talking. (laughs) He's telling Mom how to speak into the microphone. Joseph Crispin, our Joseph, has been with us for over a week. Yep. Yep. It's going to be two weeks when he goes. He's telling Mom, speak into the mic. Stop with the hand signals, Mom. (laughs) When you go back to Pasadena, you go back to school, what grade will you be in? Second grade. At? Daniel Webster. Webster. Webster rules, right?
6: Yes. Yes. Tell me what the Webster,
5: what Webster
6: is. Webster um wolves.
1: Webster
0: wolves. <laughs> Webster wolves. That sounds tough. Uh, but well, we should introduce mom first. Yeah. Oh,
1: why? <laughs> mom speak into that microphone. I got it. Thank All you. Right.
0: And this would be Christine, Dr. Christine Crispin. 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 Yes. yes.
2: yes.
6: It's Dr. Christine Crispin.
1: <laughs> that would be me. Yes, <laughs> Of course it will. And mom is still working when she's here, so that gives me all kinds of time with the boy because she's working remotely, yes. right? Yeah. In fact, ah. You're
5: even going to be working on Sunday. Yeah, it's... It's height of medical school application season. And that's so, what you
1: do, yeah. is either you are consulting
5: people who want to get into medical school, or I'm just advising people who want to get into medical school. That is my claim to fame, apparently.
0: So so for people who don't have access to your business card, your title uh, is? Just call
5: Patrick, because he gives it out freely.
0: <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> yeah, he does. And what your title is? Uh, Assistant Director of Student Success and Pre-Health Advising. Student Success? Mm -hmm. I've never heard that part of your title. That's pretty heavy.
1: I
2: know. (laughs) Okay.
1: Student Success. So
5: I help students who are struggling academically. Um, And it's all all about med school, right? No. No, 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 no. I mean. Oh. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Some students think that's all they do, but the other half of my job is the, the student success side is students who struggle academically, who need support, who need different kinds of guidance on how to study or how to navigate.
1: Wow. They're already
5: me. in college, and they they get to the point where they haven't mastered that? Oh, they come in not having had that. Really? Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Yeah. it's. I mean, I, too, was a first-generation college student, and uh. if I knew, I think, a about a percent of what i know now probably could have been a different story
6: <laughs> yep it could have been a different story as so, usual
5: but that's as usual <laughs> but right now it's it's med school it's application med cycle. School for now thank you yeah so every, applications are open and there's a certain part of the cycle we're in and so i'm yeah. just extremely busy getting them doing their thing, as you've heard on the thousands of meetings I've held last week.
1: I could not believe, as Joseph and I tried to lay back, I wanted to hear what you were doing in talking to these potential students, the things that they ask you. I mean, they're typically in their 20s by now, aren't they?
5: Oh, yeah. Most of them are uh, college. The ones I work with for med school are uh, college graduates, usually.
1: And some of them don't even know how to do an interview, right? Um...
5: Probably not. So they've it, never had to do an interview. Right. And this is a, really a big deal, right. So mock interviews will start uh, I'll probably start and I told my students to start scheduling time with me for interviews at the end of the month mm-hmm. and getting them prepped for how to do. The interview and...
1: And how to dress for the interviews. That's <sighs> what blew me away. Because I would never have way. made it. I would have... Because I'm thinking I'm going to wear flashy stuff nope. so they won't forget me. Nope. And you're going, nope, we don't go there.
5: Nope. Black, navy, gray. Um, and conservative. Very as yeah. cons- when it If anybody is going to med school and hearing this, as conservative as it gets, you never want to stand out in that way because we remember you badly.
0: Oh, wow. So now you met Joseph and you met Mom and... Uh, Patrick is sitting in the wings and uh, (laughs) coming back. We have to take a break. When we come back, Joseph, we have a quiz for you. Every every time we introduce somebody, we play a little theme song. So out of the commercials that we're going to do, we're going to play a little theme song. You have to identify what the theme song is.
1: Listen up. Just a few minutes here on WGN. Boy, we've had more Pokemon conversations in the last weekend. Oh, ahead. yeah. Who's your favorite? We have drawn the Eevee Evolution,
6: haven't yeah, we, Yeah, the e- the Evolutions. The Evolutions. But some people call them the Eevee Evolutions. But I call them the Evolutions. Very good. We did good.
0: And, and one of the moments that, uh, that Joseph and I had was when we found the Pokemon channel on Roku.
1: <laughs> yep, we found it. All right. <laughs> There's just not enough hours in the day to do all this fun stuff, right?
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we should formally introduce uh, the man who uh, has all the answers, and if not, he fakes it. To your Patrick computer, star. Question. <laughs> He is the director of educational technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC, and that would be your Dr. Patrick Crispin. Uh, hey, Patrick, you, you,
7: you've been kind of shuffled to the to, to the, the, the back here. Well, first of all, woo hoo! Uh, second of all, as you can see, I, I always describe myself as the other Dr. Crispin because Christine mm-hmm. is fantastic, and of course, yep. Being in Chicago with Joseph has been just an absolute hoot. So, giving you a chance to see through his eyes, it's been wonderful. And we should uh, rewind
0: and say that you're here for your 16th wedding anniversary.
7: That was yesterday.
1: Yes, at the Signature Room. And we were so thrilled that the Signature Room had decent food, more than decent. Good good food. food. Yeah. Really
6: good. You were we not there. there. You were eating cold <laughs> spaghetti. I still want to <laughs> ask and talk. <laughs> he, he wants to ask and talk, Mom. Come on, <laughs> wait
2: your turn. there.
0: When I well, we're going to segue to to your dad for a couple minutes now, Joseph, uh, because there has been this has been one of those weeks when oh boy has stuff been going on. Uh, Patrick and I were on the first day
7: we joined Threads, and what are we up to now on Threads? Well, the last time we heard it was seventy million dollars, or seventy million users, but that was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has not made any announcement today. I, I've got to assume, but by you know, my prediction by Monday is going to be uh, one hundred and fifty. I'm not. Yeah, possibly. I'm not sure it's going to be that high, but it's it's going to be north of a hundred. Again, it still hasn't launched in Europe, so yeah. mm. this is just mostly North America and some of the rest of the world. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens.
0: Okay, we, we should back, back up, up and explain yes. for for people who are listening and saying, "What the heck is Threads?" Okay,
1: it's one of the worst names. <laughs> I think in technology. I like it. I hate it. It doesn't tell me anything. Possibly because I I follow so many fashion sites that have the word threads in it. Uh T-H-R-E-D-S. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is very confusing. But uh, explain to us what it is.
7: So... Basically, it's an extension of Instagram. You have to have an Instagram account to be able to use this. Okay. And you go in, get an Instagram account. You have to certify that you are who you are. They go through the regular uh, process. And a lot of us have Instagram accounts already, and we're following a few people, and other people are following us. And that's what makes threads so easy to set up, is if you already are an Instagram uh, user, you just basically say... I want to go into Threads. Go to threads.net. Only runs on Android and iOS right now. There is a web page coming, but you have to use your mobile phone. And then it says oh, the process of logging in. is just you open up the app on your on your phone. Click on the Instagram button down at the bottom of the Threads app, and you're in. It says, okay, here are all the people that you're following. Do you want to continue to follow them over here? Mm-hmm. And do you want these people to be able to follow you? And then you get in. It's It, it really is an attempt to take market share from Twitter. Twitter has had no. some major problems <laughs> over the past nine, ten months. Um it, it's still a very early prog- program. It's one of those things where I think the folks at, at Meta, who own Instagram and Threads, rushed this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, but, but didn't they do it in part because this was
0: the perfect week for them to do was, it with all of the problems that uh, Musk was having with Twitter?
7: Uh, over the last weekend, um, you had Twitter, first of all, saying that we're not going to show tweets unless you have an account. Hmm. I, I want to stop and talk about how that's a terrible idea, hmm. because for nearly a decade, the folks at Twitter have been saying to, let's say, the fire department here or to the FEMA, "Hey, if there's an emergency, use us. Uh-huh. Announce it to everybody. Yeah. You, wanna, you want to. You want this announcement to go." Everywhere, If mm-hmm. there's a missing child or a mm-hmm. fire or a street closure, you've got governments who are using Twitter to say, hey, citizens, right. guess what? There's bad things going on. Be aware of this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden to say, yeah, we're not going to show that to the public unless they actually have accounts yet.
1: And you have to pay and for the account.
7: Well, no, because you can get a no. free one. But one example of that, Max Armstrong
0: said you can follow him on Twitter. I tried getting into uh, max Armstrong on twitter because i'm not logged into twitter with my account on this
7: computer no i can't see max which is again the whole point of social media is to have people engage with your site so that you can sell advertisement against them by keeping people from viewing posts you're keeping potential people Mm -hmm. who would be watching your advertisements Mm -hmm. from getting into the site it's Cutting off your nose to spite your face. Then over the weekend, uh, the folks at Twitter did what was called rate limiting, which which said that if you, even if you have an account, we're only going to show you six hundred tweets, and after that, you're done. Now, for
1: the average person, they may think, wow, 600 tweets is a lot. That would not cramp my style at all. But again, if something is happening,
7: if there's a major breaking news story, you
1: go through it just like that.
0: And how many times have uh, we been watching uh, the Sox on TV? Yeah. And you are on your phone trying to follow on Twitter. The different yeah. commentaries yeah. that are going on about what's happening and in the game. 600
1: is gone before you know it. Yeah.
7: Well, we were watching a, a Sox game the other day. Uh, they were playing in Oakland, and there was a fire. Uh, mm-hmm. and, right. and I was going, okay, I want to go find out what's going on. And Black looking,
1: smoke was billowing Black smoke up was over billowing, the stadium.
7: Uh, and I was going, okay, what's going on? So I follow, know some people in Oakland, and I was looking at their feeds on Twitter. Yeah, I could go through 600 of these tweets you know reading them mm-hmm. really quickly now they've raised that i think it may be 800 or a thousand now but that's still a really terrible thing unless you pay for instagram or sorry twitter at that point then they'll let you have more but there's even a limit on that and it's mm-hmm. like oh, that's what crazy. are you doing
1: that is crazy so Was there any thought that Threads was going to be a reality? I mean, I don't recall there being a lot of talk about
0: Threads. It it
7: was going to be a reality, just not this quick. Quick. Not this quick. I know that at the recent sort of all-hands meeting that Zuckerberg had with all the people in Meta, he announced that this is a big project for him, although it's really a small team. uh, From what I'm hearing in the people in the industry – there may be ten people working on this. Really, it's not a big program, but now that everybody's using it, I guarantee you, Zuck is going to be throwing lots and lots of money on at and
0: this. And he's been very active on the site. It's been interesting to see his personal
7: response to a lot of the people's threads on Threads. Mm-hmm. It, it's been fantastic. I will tell you, and I, I kind of mentioned this in in both on on Threads and on Twitter. I've got a couple concerns about threads but i don't think they're 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 game-changing don't go there Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that everybody's talking about right now is you have to have an instagram account to have a threads account and a lot of people about two three days ago the media was saying you know by the way if you want to get rid of your threads account you have to delete your instagram account and everybody's going no this is terrible and First of all, the folks at uh, Threads are saying, "Yeah, look, this is the first three days of, of yeah. our platform. Give us some time; we'll catch up." Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and, and I'm serious about this, to everybody's listening, I want you to think of every social media account you've ever had, going back to Friendster and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, wh- whatever, you, and MySpace and all. How many of those did you ever actually? Delete. Most people just abandoned.
1: Yeah, let them sit it just, there. It's
7: like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to move on. So, mm-hmm. so the media is going crazy, saying, "Oh, this is the end of the world." And it's like, eh, I don't yeah. know. We just move on. Well, we are going
0: to do just that. <laughs> uh, we will continue with uh, Patrick and Joseph, and who knows what else. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN Radio. Every time we use that bump. We get texts from people saying,
2: I thought something was wrong
1: with my computer. What's going on? <laughs> I, miss, I miss the old days of you've got mail. I
0: like oh, it. we got to find that. Yeah, you've got mail. We got to dig up a you've got mail computer bump.
1: <laughs> Patrick is just shaking his head.
0: Yes. yes. Oh, that, by the way, uh, speaking of, of old stuff, Patrick, the question is, we were talking about Uh, Some things we're going to be doing later. We're going to be doing a a, a tribute to Dick Biondi, and we're going to be playing some audio of uh, a a lengthy in-studio interview we had with Dick. But the original source was real audio. That's how it was archived. And I mentioned to Julian, I said, have you ever heard, our producer, I said, have you ever heard of Real Audio? He said, no. And I'm trying to think, how long ago was, because Real Audio was one of the first, oh, you mean you can actually archive conversations
7: and audio on a computer? Wow. Real Networks came up with that. It was big at the end of the 90s. And um, one of the first streaming platforms, or at least the streaming rules, that was just transformational because it was like wait a minute i can actually listen to radio on the internet or, yeah. and i can hear these recordings i don't actually have to download the mp3 mm-hmm. this is great this is fantastic buffering buffering, buffering. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but speaking of
0: uh, of new technology uh back to threads yes
7: so we were talking about f- five things that I that are sort of just be aware of these with, with threads. Uh, it, and I don't think the issue that you have to delete your Instagram account if you're going to get rid of the threads is an issue at all. You know, just stop using it. I will tell you one of the biggest things is that Threads right now doesn't support threads. And what I mean what? by that is mm-hmm. if you think about these long twitter posts where they are more than 240 characters right. long. Right. there have been some really good people who have put long posts where it's like post one of oh. n two of n right. three of n right. so you have what is in effect a, a very long document mm-hmm. but broken into multiple individual threads right there is no way for you to thread a thread In other words, the people that you are used to following online who are – I saw Akiva Cohen do great stuff with this, Mike Dunford, back when they were watching the Kraken case and kind of going line by line Mm -hmm. with what the courts are saying, saying, okay, here's what the court is saying. Let me give you a snapshot of that. Let me explain it to you. Okay, here's the next thing that the court is saying. Um, You can't do that over there on Threads yet or if ever i'm not sure Hmm.
0: which so so again to keep to keep it as, as simple as possible for example if i put a post up on threads yep patrick then comments on what i posted right and someone else comments and someone else comments and then patrick has a second comment you can't at this point follow just patrick's Comments about whatever I've said.
7: Well, I would go even one further. The original author can only say one thing. You can't oh, say ten things. Right. A, a, right. Ten things tied together. Now you can reply to them back to you know yes. the yeah. individual things, person. The but, individual person, but, but nothing you can't have just one big see. long thread. Uh, Scott McFarlane is a, a good at uh, CBS who does uh, break breakdowns of what's going on with some of the court cases in DC right now. We'll have these very long. Right. post, right. where it's like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. You can't really do that in threads right now. You so, you're you limited to 500 characters, and if you hit the 500 character limit, you might be able to reply to yourself, but it's not really a sort of threaded part of it. it's So threads doesn't support threads. That's, again, <laughs> proving my point, it's a stupid name for <laughs> threads. <laughs> but again, I'm
0: cutting threads tons of slack. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we're, we're what?
7: Day four, four or five into the
0: mission. <laughs>
1: but let me go back to the reason I love Twitter was for news. Events.
7: Fantastic.
1: I, I mean, if I was watching or listening to a, a presidential debate, I'm all over Twitter to find out what people in the business are saying about it. They're fact-checking. It's right there in front of me. I would think with the way Threads is set up at this point in time, it's going to kind of tie the hands of media that want to use but, this yeah.
0: service. Uh, but my counter to that is, and I'm going to use Taylor Swift as an example, Taylor Swift just came out with Taylor's version of of uh, her new album. And Variety and Rolling Stone had a series of posts about this. And when I went to Threads, bang, there's this post, there's the other post, there's the other post. So my point is, I would assume that same kind of thing would work for NBC, CBS, whoever—if there is a breaking news thing, they just do follow-up posts, and you'll be able to see all those posts, you on threads. I would you assume hope that never that it's assume. going to show
7: up in your feed. But remember, your feed right now is driven by an algorithm that is created by Meta, so there currently no way for you to see only the threads of the people you follow you you can see the threads that the algorithm says you need to see Ah. so earlier today i was you know going into threads and i was seeing posts from paris hilton who is a lovely lady i fantastic i don't follow paris hilton (laughs) i don't there's nothing need to follow i don't need to follow it i i'm sure i Again, more power to Paris Hilton. Well, why, would why is she in yeah. my feed? And I can't just sit there and say, only right now, show me the people that I follow because I, I, I'm going to look for specific tech news or I'm only going to look for legal news or things like that. You can't do that. The other thing is there are no hashtags. Yeah. That's important. Which is, you know, again, it's really hard because if there are multiple breaking stories, if you want to find out what's going on in Ukraine and Mm -hmm. with Brexit and with the Chicago White Sox, it's hard for you to say, just show me about this particular topic because the search only searches users, not topics. Ah. So I just just hit three things right there. Again, we're on day three or four. Yeah. But. There are no hashtags. There's no way to see the people that you follow and only the people you follow, so mm-hmm. you get this algorithmic f- feed that's showing up for you. Um, yeah, It's Had, uh, it's early.
0: Did, mm-hmm. And having said all that, I think you would agree. Uh, at least, well, I'll only speak for myself. I think you should check out Threads. I think it's real interesting, and I think it will be even more interesting – in a month.
7: I agree. Uh, ben Collins was actually on MSNBC the other day and I, he had the greatest description of it. Mm-hmm. And it's that Threads is a lot like the mall. And for some reason or other, Wendy's is there. And <laughs> you can go check out Old Navy, but maybe your friends are there and you can hang out with mm-hmm. them too and have a whole bunch of friends and just have a neat, neat, positive experience. Twitter is like january 6th
1: <laughs> and i'm like whoa
7: that's just a brilliant analogy it really has become sort of a toxic space yeah and twitter's always been bad i mean it, let's be honest it's just been bad but people have figured out how to make it less it. Yes. bad for themselves yeah. by I'm going to make lists, or I'm going to follow a certain number of people. And once you got to two or three hundred people that you follow, and they were high quality people, your feed got to be really, really good. Yes. Until it didn't, and right. then they took away Twitter verification, and now all the people who are paying eight dollars for the people you don't want to hear. In
0: fact, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier. Have you ever deleted account? Two comments. One. My MySpace account is still out there someplace. (laughs) Having said that, I have deleted one account ever that I can think of. And that was for my brother Lee, who wanted to get the heck out of Twitter Mm -hmm. when it became so toxic. He said, can you please delete this account for me? So I did.
1: Right, right. Uh, Now, there's a lawsuit, right? Twitter is suing threads, (laughs) Zuckerberg and threads. Oh, He wants to fight him anyway. And and
0: I still like my analogy on this which is okay so this means that Elon Musk is now going to sue anybody who ever decided to manufacture an electric vehicle after Tesla
7: <laughs> I'm sorry no well and it, it, it's it, we all we have to remember the history is that last year Elon showed up with the kitchen sink and actually a, a ceramic a ceramic yeah. sink and said let that sink in haha yeah. ha, get it yeah um, and then immediately fired 80% of the yeah. Twitter's and em- Twitter employees and then went online and said these people are dogs they're terrible I, I don't need them clearly they're useless people um, and now that these people have gone out and gotten other jobs it's like wait a minute no these people are really really important I'm going to mm-hmm. sue a couple things about that one um these employees, most of them are in California. California does not allow non compete clauses. So that's dead in the water. Second, the folks who are working on threads, this is, again, maybe a team of 10 people. Not one of them is a former Twitter employee. Ah. Mm-hmm. Third thing, and, and this is really sort of in the weeds. So this is for the, the, the nerds out there who understand what I'm about to say it's Activity Pub. And twitter is not activity pub so it's a completely different language a completely different way of setting everything up so useless
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you don't have an extra grind mr mux
0: m- yeah m- m- mugs <laughs> <laughs> I'm come up j new. fred mugs <laughs> he'll
1: probably see me now for watching his name oh never mind we're talking about technology and threads but we got a lot more ground to cover with Dr. Patrick Crispin. He joins us a couple times a month. We've got some texts coming in. Get yours in if you have a question or comment on threads or anything else tech uh technology related. 312 981 7200 is our number. Thanks to the listeners who say, like eight four seven area code Joseph is great. Can you sign him up for his own show? Yes. <laughs> you ready now to sign the papers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well now he's using his radio voice, his deep voice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Very, very cool pictures, Joseph.
1: Yep. Uh, from his 773 area code, oh, yes, the boy is a natural. And that's what I put on Facebook. And he's wearing a T-shirt that we got him. It's the only T-shirt I could find that had headphones on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I you can see that in the picture, too. He's got sound waves, good vibes only.
6: Good vibes only is the good truth of life. Wow.
7: Whoa
1: remember that only good vibes
6: i am
7: convinced that my son is a reincarnated blues man because <laughs> i i, I rem- it was like I, I he when he was like two he was saying i, I i'm being held down and it's like <laughs> who's holding you down the working man.
1: <laughs> my don't see. Oh my! It's hard wearing glasses and headphones too, Joseph. I feel your pain. You want
6: me to not wear glasses? <laughs> you
1: you wanted to not because you don't really need to see much, right? Okay. Yeah,
6: I can't really see, but without my glasses
1: okay so and and by the way you can text your thumbs up to joseph at (laughs) 312-981-7200 isn't it past his bedtime we're asked well no he's on vacation he's also in
7: california time so
1: that oh that's right we talked about this the other night didn't we joseph you're on yeah in california it would be two hours earlier Yep, it
6: will be two hours earlier than actual time.
5: Although when we go back to California, we are going to get back
1: on a schedule. <laughs> yes, you're going to get back on your schedule when you're back. Mom, speak into the microphone. Okay?
5: I did. <laughs> I did. I moved it.
6: We couldn't thing. hear you through to through the speaker. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. But that's okay. You guys may be leaving, and he may be staying till 2.
2: <laughs> yeah, who I don't knows? know.
1: <laughs> uh, listener Texan says, I hate that you get all kinds of people on threads. I only want to see who I follow
0: and not a bunch of junk. But again, this is day four yeah. for threads. Is it even
1: day so four? It was just, Thursday
0: night. That's right. When
7: we all You're jumped right. on board so at
1: 6.30 on Thursday night. Thursday?
7: Friday, so we're like
1: 48 Friday. hours into the mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I don't even know what day it is.
1: You're being pretty pretty, um, picky, I guess. And I still hate the name. You're not going to make me love the name.
0: (laughs) Okay. But what do we know about Threads over in Europe? What's what's the latest? Because that's going to be a huge deal if, in fact,
7: uh, Threads is allowed to propagate over in Europe. There are some new rules that are are hitting next year in the European Union, which basically say that – and I I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but it says – If you're sort of a big player, you got to let other players exist as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do a text messaging platform, you got to let your competitors use your platform as well. If you're using a social media site, you've got to let other people get into it as well. It's still early, and what's happening is there are a lot of companies who are saying – I get what you want to do. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. So Mm -hmm. just because Threads is not yet available in Europe doesn't necessarily mean that it's an evil sort of, oh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to take all your data. By the way, Mark Zuckerberg is going to take all your data. We know that. But it's just – More of the European rules are still sort of nobody knows what they're going to be really like. So they're kind of taking a wait and see and kind of taking a step back and saying, "Okay, we're going to launch threads in America. We know we've got a lawyers, bunch of lawyers who are going to be, you know, well, first of all, after they defeat the Elon Musk case, uh, focusing on this. And, you know, I, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we can wait for Europe. I don't know the answer to this. Uh, Facebook,
0: I believe, because of some Canadian laws, stopped doing some of their news feeds. Is Threads
7: available in Canada? It is. And this actually gets back to something else that, that uh, came out, and we we talked about this the other day, which is Threads has kind of said, we're not going to go out and actively court the news organizations. Mm-hmm. We, we welcome them to come and use right. our platform. But that's not really what we're all about. Our focus really is building communities where people are talking and mm-hmm. engaging with one another and not being evil or, you know, angry or whatever. And a lot of news today is just making people angry. And their feeling is, you know, go somewhere else for that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's not our focus. Our focus is getting you in touch with your friends, getting mm-hmm. you in touch with your family, getting in touch with people that you like, talking about topics that you actually care about without actually being divisive. And it's like, okay, I get that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that has attracted me to Threads so far.
1: Right. So to, to summarize, yep. and again, we're getting questions from people who say, Will I lose all of my Instagram photos? If I go to Threads, I don't like it, and I take Threads off of my phone or my computer, will I lose my photos?
7: No. And what I mean, there are two ways for you to get rid of Threads. One of them is just uninstall the Threads app, don't use it again. Yeah. That's called abandoning your threads are still going to be there. Your Instagram is still going to be there. The other way to do it is I'm going to go to threads. I'm actually going to delete my account, which is basically an Instagram account. So I've got to delete my Instagram account to get rid of this. In which case, yes, you'll lose all your content. So, don't do that if you if you just go to threads and you'd say i don't like this it's doing nothing for just me go yeah. go somewhere i i was on counter social for some reason or they don't even know how i got into it and i was checking it out and i posted one or two things there so i got an account i'm probably never going to use that mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. I, I i don't need it anymore i was uh you know again my i had a myspace account just like you yeah. mm-hmm. i Never got rid of it. I just walked away. So if you don't like threads... you're not at risk of anything it's tied to instagram keep using instagram because instagram's pictures
1: right exactly that was my point too because another listener says i love instagram for pictures will i be able to do that on threads post my pictures you
7: can and but it really it's a threads is more about conversations so it's about you maybe posting pictures and then having some conversations Mm -hmm. beneath it so It's sort of like taking the reply section for your Instagram and making it a little more prominent.
0: Oh, okay. Riddle me this. I have never completely understood. Instagram is primarily for the the phone. I get that. You can post some things on Instagram from a desktop. Mm Mm-hmm. Not mostly replies or forwarding thing or something like that. Why do they not want people who use desktop computers to have access to this? I would think it's more people that would be providing you with more potential um, sales information. Look at all these people that we because there are still a ton of people. Who are not crazy about using their mobile phones for all of their social
7: media life. I, and I understand that. I think the reality is, if you look at the audience that Instagram was built for mm-hmm. and then threads on mm-hmm. top of that, it really is the younger people who live on their phones. Right. Every picture they have is on their phone. Mm-hmm. They interact with. We're looking over my wife; she's buried on her phone right now. Uh, you know, it, the people just live on the phone. Those of us who are a little older, those of us whose eyesight might not be what mm-hmm. it used to be, kind of like using the desktop. I think Threads is going to be available on the desktop, but again, the idea is it's meant for you to be out in public and just okay i'm at a restaurant i'm going to consume some things and i'm going to look at threads and see what's going on in the world
0: i, I guess my pea-sized brain says more coming up stay with us at wgn radio no, steve that's king that's and johnny that's putman at wgn radio so yeah we're talking computers patrick crispin uh, is in the studio with us patrick is the director of educational technology keck school of medicine of usc and as that song was playing and it was talking about uh Laptop computers and things. For some reason, I flashed on a conversation we had with a correspondent over in Russia years ago.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And I don't remember what the year was, but the point he was making was the average laptop that we had at that point had more computer technology, more advanced computer technology than the first Russian space shuttle. Oh up. no no not the first or, or, the
1: the 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 shuttle that was up there then at that you're time right. yeah you're right. he was saying we are so fortunate what we have today it's just really and it is amazing and we do take it for granted too. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover with Patrick. And speaking of technology, he's kind enough to address other technology issues.
0: And if you have any questions, uh, 312-981-7200. You can uh, call us or text us.
1: I was trying to find the two texts. I know one of them came in from Norb uh, Norb Rosansky, and a, a couple of other listeners had texted and said, Can't you address why I can't see WGN-TV on my direct... TV. Yep. Well, we also have DirecTV as our service. We're not seeing WGN TV.
0: This is a uh, a dispute between DirecTV and Nexstar. It has to do with money and uh, who's right, who's wrong, I don't know. Right. But uh, at the moment Uh, DirecTV and Nexstar are not playing well together, so you can't see Channel 9 on DirecTV.
7: However, Patrick... (laughs) Well, and and that's a key point is about 150 local uh, stations went dark last week. Yeah. Uh, So it's WGN, KTLA in Los Angeles. It's like 159 stations and 113 markets went dead. The thing is, if you have the Internet... Or, some way for you to stream. You have a streaming player. There actually is a way for you to still watch WGN radio, or sorry, WGN television. Mm -hmm.
1: And it doesn't cost a fortune. We should say this at the outset.
7: It doesn't cost a fortune. If you already have Roku, you can go into the app store in Roku you open it up sort of over on the left hand side you look it for what you what you're looking for and it's WGN plus absolutely free of charge yep. you just install WGN plus on your Roku player and you then watch WGN over the internet, it streams to your television mm-hmm. over Roku. If you're using Apple TV, Apple TV also does WGM+. Plus. Just do a Google search in the – sorry, an app, app Store search. You have Amazon Fire, the Amazon Fire Stick. They also do WGM+. Plus. They're going to try to tell you sort of – they'll put ads on it, I'm sort of saying you – by the way, they're in, in, in-app in purchases. it's There aren't any. It's absolutely free of charge. If you don't have a Roku, if you don't have an Apple TV, if you don't have an Amazon Fire Stick, um, it turns out if you have a web browser, you can go to WGNTV.com slash live. That's WGNTV.com slash live. You can watch WGN TV over the Internet live mm-hmm. in your web browser. So, And they also, uh,
0: I think it was just about a week or so ago, they just started out their own YouTube channel,
7: Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, Tom Skilling had just posted right. about that. But on Roku, we we did that uh, in Florida. That's how we watched WGN TV live locally in Florida.
1: And we wanted... Roku here in Chicago so that we could follow when there were storms in Florida what Mm -hmm. was happening in our town and uh, I purchased the Roku device for about 30 bucks on Amazon. It's not a big deal. And I don't want people to be frightened by this because I tend to think that if you can work your remote control with whatever your service is there's a very good chance you can plug in Roku and follow the instructions and boom it'll be right there for you.
7: As long as you have an HDMI plug sort of Mm -hmm. a support on the back of your TV, which most new TVs have new TVs do. You plug it in and you're going to connect it to the Internet. Again, you can do this with your mobile phone. You just basically go through the setup of this. It's super simple to set up. Mm-hmm. Nice thing is if you have multiple uh, multiple Rokus, you set up on one, go to the next one, and then say, okay, I'm, here's the telephone number for this account. And it sends a text message. And all the settings from your first box go to your second box. We set that up for we Steve just earlier. Yeah. So you um, could
1: have it in your bedroom. You could have multiple it in, rooms. Yeah, in your den.
7: Yeah, and Roku's fantastic. You don't have to get this, the top-of-the-line one. No, you know.
1: don't. We don't have the top-of-the-line yeah. yeah, one. Just
7: uh, a basic Roku. If you're interested in Apple TV, that's actually what I do because I'm sort of now in the Apple universe. Um, really like the Apple TV. It's a lot more expensive, but um, it, it works perfectly, and it's it's mm-hmm. an amazing streaming platform and just add apps for whatever you want to watch it's sort of once you do this you're going to start realizing more and more that you know i'm not sure i need to have cable anymore yeah. Yeah, I, and that was sort of the hardest thing for me. I I, I I like to be on the cutting edge of technology, but I was on cable forever because I had really fast internet in Pasadena, and I had all of the channels, mm-hmm. and I also was paying for Netflix and Amazon and, and Disney and- and, and and Disney and all these other ones, and it was, and I added it up, and I I kept watching my bill for Spectrum go from two hundred a month to two fifty to three hundred. And I go in and say, why is it three hundred? Oh, we'll make it two hundred dollars a month. And it's uh-huh. like, okay, and, and well we'll make it two twenty a month. And I say, okay, fine, whatever. And it goes up to three hundred again. And I said, why am I doing this? And I pulled out Excel and I just basically put in what I was paying for internet, which was through Spectrum Cable, what I was paying for the the cable channels. And what all the add-ons that I was adding, and I said, okay, if I was to replace this, instead of doing spectrum cable, I'm going to go with Verizon Home 5G as my home internet and go and get YouTube TV. And get all these channels that I'm either paying for I don't have right now, but I want to sign up for. So I could get, you know, HBO. I can get well now HBO is now called Max. What a terrible name! Uh, <laughs> and Showtime and Stars and Discovery and all these other ones, and all the other services I'm paying for. And I added it up, and it came to $150 a month. And it was just like, okay, I'm paying almost $300 a month, right? or I can do $150 a month for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the other nice thing about it is when I went to the 5G home internet, um, my my signal throughout my entire house just got better. I was using the cable and then using uh, Google Wi-Fi in, in the house. And... Because Verizon 5G has a an Internet or IP version six router, don't worry about what that means. It's just better. Um, mm-hmm. It it was just fantastic throughout the entire house. One of the things we had a problem with Spectrum, especially with the with with the Wi-Fi from Google, is that we would. Put Joseph in the bathtub and bring his iPad so he can watch, well, what, what was at the time Sonic and now it's Pokemon. Uh, and we would get like no signal in the bathroom. It was like a dead zone. Once we went to Verizon 5G... No problem. Uh-huh. So we can't get him out of the tub now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. We're talking technology with Dr. Patrick Crispin. He joins us a couple times a month. And we've got some comments and questions coming in. 312 uh, 981 We were talking about this whole business of um, DirecTV uh, and its um, spat with Next Star and the hundreds of stations that are now not being seen on DirecTV. And a listener from 847 says also mentioned the UV tv service we can't see wgn or the next star stations on the UVerse service
7: and absolutely that was one of the things i forgot to mention so it's at so it's at&t UVerse and direct tv if you basically all of the 150 next star stations 150 plus next star stations wow. are just sort of Blank, and it's frustrating for the people who oh, are there's
1: this message though from DirecTV, yes. <laughs> all about how they're the bad guys and we're the good guys and and you should make phone calls and... well
0: the, each side is saying of the other is the yeah. bad guy so hopefully they'll work it all out but in the meantime yeah. you have options
1: and that's by the we're... way
0: i i'm correcting myself i said spurned i meant spawned
1: Spot. Well, okay.
0: (laughs) Rewind the tape and you'll find (laughs) what it was.
1: Uh, But Uh, listeners are saying thank you for the information on Roku. And yes, let me confirm that indeed you can buy a Roku device on Amazon. All you have to do is type in Mm R-O-K-U and you will get that information. Uh, Back to Threads. A listener at 847 says, I'm waiting and seeing in regards to Threads. I'm still on Twitter because the disabled community is, let me click here, uh, the disabled community is great on Twitter. As of the various disabled groups on Facebook, I occasionally spout off on Twitter as I'm not big enough to attract attention. I keep it generally lighter on Facebook due to bickering. And again, that's what we were talking about, looking for a place to go where people don't bicker, where you yeah. just feel like you can relax a little bit.
7: And that's a problem with Twitter right now is that the trolls have taken over. The people who have paid their $8 are not necessarily people that you want to hear from. And those people are being promoted above everybody else. So unless you're a member of a community that's willing to write the $8 check to Elon, um, those voices could get drowned out. And you don't want to be in a community where you end up getting targeted by the trolls, where they sit there and say, hey, I'm going to go here and just be mean for the sake of being mean. And we're seeing that more and more on Twitter. And less and less over on Threads. For example, um, and not to get political, but Moms for Liberty was on Threads and said, "You know, what's something that you you don't want to see in your children's school?" And the the responses were, "We, you know, go away, stop. Oh. That's, yeah. This is not the place for you. Oh. Just no, mm-hmm. this is not what. No, you've got other really? social media places for you to play this game." no 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 no. Uh-huh. well but my uh, my best response
0: to the trollers these days is no response yeah just mm-hmm. ignore them and yeah. uh, don't feed their fire
1: <laughs> that's the t-shirt right there don't yeah. <laughs> feed their fire uh, listener from um 262 area codes it is i chatted with my email host i watched all my email disappear from outlook it used to actually download to Outlook instead of just appearing to my host, and the settings have changed. Mm-hmm. How do I get my mail to actually download to Outlook?
7: It depends on how your Outlook is set up. If you are using the old POP mail uh, format, where you were actually downloading copies of that to your hard drive, then you need to check on your computer. Most modern email programs store the pro- store the emails up on the cloud and mm-hmm. you just get right. in and make sure so you just need need to make sure that you're logged in those those files should the emails should, should still be there. be there yeah unless you unless you deleted them and even if you deleted them they're going to be in your deleted mail folder <laughs> so they <laughs> don't go away yeah. yeah yeah and after a certain number of months they go away.
1: yeah Interesting. And if there's more we need to know about what yeah, you're please. dealing with, let us know. Uh, a 630 area code says, I recently acquired the Apple AirPod Pro second-generation earbuds. I was skeptical at first, thinking that Apple was capitalizing on their name. After enjoying the crisp and robust music and hearing how the noise cancellation circuitry silences, it silences my air conditioning, I now think I got a bargain, especially since they were on sale from my carrier.
0: I'm going to move over to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to Christine Crispin, swing your microphone, microphone around. Who, 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 you? You've been giving us the thumbs up. So you, you've been there, been here, done this.
5: I have them too, and they're awesome. Yeah, the noise canceling cancels all the airplane noise out. Um, huh? Yeah. Was it something that was bothersome before when you were working, or? Well, you know, I don't think you know the difference until you hear the difference. Oh, okay. So, was it bothersome before? No. But now that you don't have that noise. It's because uh, I like to listen to audiobooks. Yeah. And so I, I literally have my headphones in all day long. Right. Just one. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I flew in, um, I hit noise cancellation
0: and I could. Now, th- mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Many years ago. Johnny got me a wonderful present. It was some Bose Mm noise-canceling headphones. Had those, too. Those are great.
1: Well, it's because of you. I bought them for him.
0: (laughs) I can't wear them because the noise-canceling is sending some kind of frequency that gives me a headache. Oh,
7: this doesn't have that problem. It yeah. really doesn't. I've, you try I've never,
5: out. I mean, I haven't experienced that, but that doesn't necessarily mean you won't. Well, yeah. is Apple capitalizing on their name, Patrick?
7: I, I, the thing is that Apple is a three trillion dollar company. Yes, that's with a T. It is the yeah. most most valuable mm-hmm. com- company in the world. That
1: was big news
7: last week. And and because they have that much money. They hire the absolute best, and they over-engineer. Their headphones are fantastic. I remember when they first came out with the AirPods, and everybody was laughing at them. It's like, are you kidding me? And they just kept getting better and better and better to the point now where if you just take Apple's AirPod sales, broke it out and pretended it was AirPods were just its own company, it would be a fortune 400 company. Oh my gosh. It's it's just spectacularly good sound. So
1: what would a pair of pros cost you today?
7: Um 200? Yeah, about 200 250. 200 yeah. It, it depends on the sale. Uh, you can get one as he mentioned, you can get one at a discount very likely through your telephone carrier and oh, I didn't know see if that. there's available I
5: on sale at times too. Huh. I had no idea. Hmm.
0: Yep. Okay. Um A lot of questions coming in. Uh, Pardon me for having a little coughing spell here. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Another uh, from 847. (laughs) I'm waiting and seeing regards to threads. I'm still on Twitter uh, because of the disabled community. Oh, that's the one you had mentioned. And uh, let's see. Uh, Lester, the former donut man, checking in from Minneapolis, says you guys are blasting in over the radio in <laughs> Minneapolis tonight.
1: The good old-fashioned way yes. over oh, the radio. Yeah, he's Thank heading you back to Chicago via Beloit, but I'll probably lay down in a couple hours. But I'll be with you till then. Lester's one of our regulars going back a long, oh, long yeah. time.
0: By the <laughs> way, if you are uh, on Facebook, go to uh, facebook.com slash Steve and hey, Johnny Show, and you can see a picture that we. Just uploaded of Joseph and his posse.
1: Yes. Ron says he's awesome. Diane says he's awesome. It's wonderful how much you adore him. Well, who wouldn't adore (laughs) him? Enjoying the show and the Crispins. I'm here till 2. Thank you, Diane. Our buddy Bobby says Joseph is fantastic. Move over, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So enjoying Crispin and his mom and dad. I, like
7: that. <laughs> I really I and I've always said I'm now become the third most important Crispin it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> and JP says what about a Pokemon anchor now we're talking Pokemon just, everything well you don't just love Pokemon though you also love airplanes right yes and you collect these fantastic airplanes
6: airplane models is what I collect like and every single time how many
1: do you think you have maybe 40 you have a whole
6: suit With my little airplane I, fee- I feel like um about 6 billion and 6 <laughs> 6 billion and 6 that's why i know
7: you have a whole seems su- that way. you
1: have a whole suitcase full of them
6: a
5: whole suitcase yeah he's got yep. small ones that a little fragile but he's also got big ones yeah. that are with that we don't travel with.
7: There yes. was basically way before the uh, pandemic, uh, Christine had gone out of town and I was watching Joseph and we had were uh-huh. waiting for Christine to f- come back. And there's a restaurant outside of LAX called The Proud Bird and it used to be a banquet hall and it's sort of an aviation themed uh-huh. restaurant next to one of the runways. Mm-hmm. So we sat there and I have an app on my phone called Flight Radar 24 and a plane landed, and I told Joseph what the plane was, and he was going, Do it again, Daddy, do it again. And he just became <clears throat> enamored with airplanes. So the nice thing about being in Los Angeles is you know LAx is a, is a large airport, but it's actually relatively small. There's only four runways. so you can go watch the planes take off and land. So prior to the pandemic, we would go almost every weekend. and then during, during the, the pandemic, pandemic we, we would go every, every, every weekend. weekend. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and we just sit in the car and just watch airplanes land and in-
6: land and take off is what we do for the airplanes. <laughs> What's your favorite airline?
7: United. <laughs> <laughs> he loves United. I, Joseph- love
6: a, I love United, American, and almost like every single. Year.
5: And <laughs> kind of politician, if you haven't figured yeah, that
7: he is a politician,
0: in mm-hmm. that and Joseph, yeah. you, you've been enjoying the the radio. That I sent you, where you can listen to the uh, the conversation from the airports, yes. right?
1: Yes. And I think there's a man that you recently met that does something on YouTube with planes taking
5: off uh, and landing. Uh, L.A. Live. L.A. Uh, LA, LA Flights. LA, LA, Flights. <laughs> LA, L.A. Flights. So you met that man that does that? He's a YouTuber. Yeah. He's so,
1: a, yeah, he's like a, a rock star on YouTube with yeah. people who love planes.
3: There, there's
7: People
1: a, that
6: love airplanes just go in there.
7: There's a YouTube channel, and you can search for it, and it's basically live streaming of takeoffs and landings at LAX, uh-huh. and they, they set up in certain places. And one really of the places cool. Clutter's Park, which is sort of midfield, high up, up in the air, and we pulled up the other day and they were set up there with their cameras and everything and it was this Joseph had met his rock star. It was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is great. I, I, I can't but do you actually hi.
1: see this guy in, uh, on YouTube? Yeah, he's just sitting. Yeah. There. Oh, oh yeah. so you see him, so you would recognize
6: him Hell with his yeah. equipment yeah, out there. Well, and
7: the other thing is, the guy's got a table with computers <gasps> oh, and batteries right? oh, and wow. cameras and it, batteries and like everything. <laughs> it's like a professional setup. So wow. You know, uh, so
1: how do you find him again on YouTube?
7: LA Flights, I think, is what it's called. Joseph,
5: what's the what's the guy? LA Flights Live.
6: LA Flights Live. And there's this um, video that had this that had this airplane going <laughs> yeah. Oh the turbulence
5: video. The oh.
6: turbulence video scared me. <laughs> when I mean scare me, it scared me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, just for a second. I wanna and Joseph, I'm just gonna talk to your mom and dad for a second now. I wanna take you two in a different direction. Sure. For people that have questioned uh some of the online places where you can meet someone. A lot of people may not know that you two met online. 20 years
5: ago.
7: (laughs) I'm to joke.
1: What did you say, Patrick? (laughs)
7: Ancestry.com. I am from Alabama. I was just going to say,
2: you
1: are from
5: Alabama. Why?
7: Yeah, we we, early, early days of eHarmony. It was like in
5: 2002. Yeah. Mm -hmm. E Harmony.
7: E
0: Harmony. We for, don't
5: have to go into details, but,
0: but E Harmony
1: still put you guys together. Yep.
0: And for, for people who wonder, are these these kind of things safe? Yeah, but you need to make sure you meet in I, a public place.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, it's more common now than, than when we did it 20 <laughs> we years were ago. Very literally. rare. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just think you have to be smart. I when, when we met, I think I told my brother and one of my friends. My brother had access to my computer, mm-hmm. all the things, because you just didn't know. And on our second date, <laughs> when I rescheduled and Patrick thought I was ditching him, um, ghosting him. I, one of my friends, convinced. she was joking about him, like, wrapping me, you know, in concrete and dumping me in the ocean or something. <laughs> so I was on the phone with her to let her know I was still alive. But you still have to be smart. Mm-hmm. But I said, we don't have to go into details, but eHarmony put you guys
1: together, yep. and politically, you're quite opposite. Not anymore. <laughs> I know that. I know that. But I found that fascinating from day one. That, But it said other things about you that... Mu- Correct.
7: music especially is we are completely different yeah. when it comes to music oh
1: that's right you were liking country music I at still do time. Yeah. and what? he was into crazy music
5: he still right. is yup yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I call it death
5: music, music. <laughs> death um, music but I think I, I really do believe this we do have very similar yeah. values yeah. that's the bottom line that's and the that key came, thing that came through in your applications yeah because yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. they, we talked about politics or anything like that and it certainly wasn't as a hot button today, as it was then. Yes. Um, but no, I think, I really do think we were matched because we have very similar values. And again, that was on eHarmony, which is still around, still right? Still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, is there anything that's given a competition? Oh, gosh. There's a lot, I think, out there really? now. It's a swiper thing. Yeah, match.com. Oh, that's right. And oh, that's right. Well, yeah, match.com. Like, I know there's Tinder, and then I don't know all the others, but mm-hmm. there's a lot like, more... Like, like that mouses. are much more like phone friendly.
1: Okay. Yeah, where well you swipe to the right, you swipe to the left. Yeah, and
5: I don't know which way keeps or gets <laughs> rid know, of, but no there's idea. a direction. <laughs> you but whatever you swiped worked, right? Twenty years ago. Yes. Well we didn't swipe, we were matched. <laughs> we were matched that's yeah. right. Yeah. That was a difference. Although the
7: the true story was you go in and I'm I'm taking this seriously, so I fill out this incredibly oh my long gosh. survey. Like a dissertation. It's, it was just a lot of work. And I remember clicking on submit it, and then they're getting a message saying, we can't find anybody oh. matching for you in Southern California. <laughs> oh. And I'm going, oh, I am just a complete and total nerd. I'm going to curl up in a ball. And the next day I started getting matches. But, but I remember
1: like, you talked about that. It was on a it was Wednesday. Like, oh, it's
7: yeah. like the worst experience ever. I can't believe I just did this. There's not one person out there for me. <laughs> I am a loser. And it turned out, you know, it was just Taking a while to crunch the numbers. And.
1: But there were actually a few people who did step up on that website Wednesday night and say, Patrick and call me.
2: <laughs>
1: well, Patrick Crispin is our guest. We talk um, technology with Patrick a couple of times a month. we got a few more minutes with him. Well, actually, with Joseph and Patrick might get a word in edgewise here on WGN.
0: Before we wrap up with computer stuff, uh, Patrick, we want to touch a little bit on uh, Chrome is about to do
7: something interesting. It's it's intriguing. If uh, Right now, the latest version of Google Chrome, I think the latest stable version, official version, is version 114. They're about to release version 115. When they do, there's going to be a mandatory pop-up. If you use Google Chrome, the first time you open it up is going to talk in this sort of big button thing in the middle saying enhanced ad privacy in Chrome. And what the goal of Google is, is they want to get rid of third-party tracking cookies. When you go and visit a certain web page, they might save a tracking cookie on your computer and then use that to track you as you go Mm -hmm. to other different web pages. And we're not going to get into how it's done. There are a lot of third-party tracking cookies out there. If you're using sort of anti-spyware, anti-malware, it usually goes and catches those and deletes them. There are ways to turn off third-party tracking cookies in your browser. Google wants to kill it. They they just want to get rid of the idea that there's going to be a third-party tracking cookie. And they want to do what they're calling their Topics API. And there are two ways to look at it. It's Google wants to be the third-party tracker instead of letting everybody else mm. be the third-party tracker. Interesting. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to track the websites that you visit. We knew that they were going to do that. There's nothing really nefarious about that. And they're going to sort you into a variety of categories, but they're not going to know who you are and they're not going to know your address or whatever. But it could be, okay, you're in the category of you are somebody who likes the socks and you eat lots of deep-dish pizza and you hate traffic on the Edens. And mm-hmm. and they're going to take that information. Again, it's not who you are, but basically some of the things that you've done online. Mm-hmm. And they'll use that to sell that to other advertisers so that you get targeted ads saying, hey, are you stuck in the Edens all the time? By the way, mm-hmm. pull off and eat at owls," um, And so... Just be aware, the tracking's happening in your browser. Uh, the data is going to stay on your device. Uh, Google isn't going to know who you are. They're not going to know your browsing history. Uh, none of the third-party places have visited that you go through. It is, in effect, sort of the next generation of tracking cookies. Again, remember, Google is an advertising company. Mm -hmm. They are an advertising company that has a search engine. They're an advertising company that has an email program. They're an advertising company that has all these other features, a pretty weird AI called Bard. But it's an advertising company. Mm -hmm. And they want to find a way to give you better targeted ads. So when you upgrade to... Google Chrome 115 should be in the next couple days. Uh, Just be aware, you're going to see a box in the middle saying enhanced ad privacy in Chrome. Don't let
1: that scare you.
7: Don't let it scare you. And you get to choose how how granular the data that you're going to let Google track you. I think it's a positive thing, and you have a little bit of control over this. You'll see uh, on the screen. uh,
0: Two questions. One, do you have the option of not upgrading? Two, if you do... If you use a program like super anti-spyware and you use it on Chrome, what, if anything, is it going to do to that Chrome experience other than saying, oh, those cookies, they're not here, so we got to populate them again the next time you use Chrome.
7: You won't be able to stop upgrading to Chrome 115. It's going to happen eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get the enhanced ad privacy in Chrome, you'll get the options of how granular you want this to be. If you really are concerned, the... Spyware programs should do a really good job of removing the Google tracking cookies, but they'll be put back when you get back. Um, I got to tell you, I stopped using Google Chrome a while ago. I was a Google Chrome user for over a mm-hmm. decade. I now use Firefox. Yeah. And this really isn't because of the Google Pro- Chrome privacy sandbox issue. It's I like having ad blockers on my on my. Browser Mm -hmm. And I use Ublock Origin and a couple other things. EFF um, puts one out that I love uh, called Privacy Badger. And sort of a belts and suspenders approach to to keep myself safe online. And the problem is Google has been threatening to make it so that ad blockers like that aren't going to work in the future. Because, again, Google... As an advertising company, right. Google Chrome is a browser, they can find a way to to sort of guarantee that you see more ads, they make more money. So Firefox, which is not built on Chrome, not built on Chromium, hmm. is not going to be beholden to this new manifest
0: version that Let me hold you on that for a second, because uh, Patrick and I were talking about this earlier in the week. And I mentioned to him that on our desktop computer, we have something like, I believe it's like six different browsers. Mm -hmm. But you were pointing out, and a lot of people may not know, and and like you, Firefox is my browser of choice. But a lot of people may not know that some of these other browsers are still based on Chrome.
7: Yeah, it's uh, Opera. Vivaldi, Torch, Google Chrome, Brave, Epic, Microsoft Edge, these are all based on the Chromium platform. Mm. And in Chromium is Google.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: So Firefox is the the only one that's a major browser that isn't based on Chromium, which to me I think is a reason enough to mm-hmm.
0: think about Firefox. And I've always been sentimental about Firefox because Firefox goes back to Oh, yeah. Netscape.
7: Yeah, it was it was NCSA Mosaic and then mm-hmm. Netscape and then Fire and then Mozilla Firefox, and I I remember using NCSA Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Back in the days, yes, I'm that old. Leave me alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: but it takes me back to website Wednesday night. Sure. And we talked about going with Firefox, and people were like, oh, I don't know. Okay, in the final few minutes, I've got to, uh, Joseph, are you ready to? Yes. A listener wants to know, have you been to Pilot Pete's in Schaumburg? Yes.
7: <laughs> Remember, don't you shout. You don't have to shout. Yeah, we went uh, just the other day. It was a right wonderful right little restaurant. Uh... Because
1: Gigi said, if you go out to O'Hare Airport, <laughs> there's a restaurant. Restaurant and you said uh,
7: that's said, not O'Hare that that's, that's Schomburg <laughs> but yeah. mm-hmm. but
1: you had time you got
7: we out had of there. time we were we had a wonderful seat over the uh, sort of sort of the runway and got to see a couple planes take off and get prepared and
1: yeah <laughs> and and the food was not bad either right
6: yeah. really
7: good food he had, yeah had uh,
1: really good you had noodles with butter as I recall
6: yes and I really didn't. Like it? He didn't like it, but it was still good food. you were missing the cheese, right? Yeah.
7: Although I will tell you, and, I, and again, Pilot Pete's, I love you, fantastic restaurant. Your Cuban sandwich. <laughs> again, it's good food. It's the Cuban perfect.
6: sandwich is a mess. It was. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, is that what Dad
1: said all the way back from Pilot
6: Pete's? It, it was, it was like, a mess because they put I things on it that should
7: not be on a Cuban, Cuban sandwich. sandwich. It's like. What what are you doing? It's a Cuban sandwich. it's ham, it's cheese, maybe salami if you're in Tampa. Uh huh. Mustard and pickles, and that's it. That's that's what you put. You don't put mayonnaise on it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, the listener says uh, that my cousin had my aunt's ninetieth birthday at Pilot's Pete because my uh, uh, Pilot Pete's my uncle flew a plane he and his buddies had my uncle flew in the Army Air Force in World War II. Well, that's interesting. We have to get out there now that I yeah. know it's not at O'Hare.
7: It's a wonderful place.
1: <clears throat> also, a listener in 331 Area Code says Joseph needs to know about the college guy who tracks flights and uh, apparently uh, NBC News uh, he sent me a link to this guy's uh, site on NBC News and that's what he does is he tracks Flights. Hmm.
7: Well, there was the there was a guy who. uh, Are you talking about the Elon Jet Tracker?
1: Oh, I think so. Yes, because I see Elon's name there.
7: Because there he was on Twitter. He got kicked off to Twitter, and somehow or another, I was following him. He was on Instagram, and I was following him on Instagram. So when I set up Threads, it turned out I started following him over on Threads, Uh and it it apparently he was following Elon's jet and then not following Elon's jet. That's by the,
2: right. Yeah. By the way,
7: for the story that you, a lot of people heard that you can track this jet and it's really nefarious. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's public data. Every plane that broad, that goes through the air, mm-hmm. you have to broadcast your altitude and right. where you are. and You, know, you can't squa-
5: slip in and out. You, yeah, so Remember, we saw Air Force Two
7: oh, it, on Flight Radar. Flight Radar. Uh, Joseph is great in Flight Radar 24 to just open it up and say, oh, what plane is this? And he's holding it up and it's like, how did you find Air Force Two? <laughs> Air Force Two in flight to LAX. Right and it was like, you he, found Air Force Two. a
5: screenshot of the plane. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, wow.
1: Okay, Joseph, we only have a couple more seconds here. Okay. What thoughts do you want to leave us with? Now that you're going to go home and go to bed. <laughs> what? I'm not tired. <laughs> Is that what you want to leave us with? You're not tired?
7: What was your favorite part of being in Chicago? What did you like to do the most?
6: Um, doing with the boat,
7: the boat, the boat, the Chicago yeah. Architecture okay. Tour. Okay,
1: very nice. Well, that's cool. That'll be in their advertisement next. Seven-year-old Joseph says, "Go on the boat." <laughs> well, on considering the he tour.
5: never leaves our house when he's here, this is literally the first day he's ever
1: been a tourist. <laughs> this is true. But you made up for lost time by doing everything we possible everything. in one day. Because we are going to make up for lost time tomorrow. Okay, I'll, I'll meet you at the dining room table so we can draw. All right. <laughs> Sound like a deal. Tell her good okay. Good night. Good night. Good night.
0: Steve <laughs> King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio, and there have been a lot of conversations, deservedly so, about the the loss of a a true legend and a really really good man, uh, Dick Biondi. and uh, we're going to spend a, a little time remembering Dick. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to get to a uh, uh, an interview that we did with Dick in studio uh, back in 2006, and uh, we covered a lot of his career. Uh, but we wanted to start off by bringing on a guy who has been a friend of uh, of Dick Biondi's and, and of ours for many years, and uh, a guy who, who credits Dick Biondi, who having been a... Uh, a pivotal force in starting his career
1: right and you just heard him singing lead on that song and he is our buddy ronnie rice good morning ronnie
8: rice good morning kids what are you calling so late for see you later (laughs) no i'm kidding it's a joke
1: no actually i i know in your world you're up for another four hours aren't you
8: no, I'm, yeah, I don't go to sleep for a while. Yeah. No, no, no. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was sad. I was shocked when I heard about, uh, Dick, uh, dying. Um, he was 90 years old, so mm-hmm. he had a full life. And, you know, to me, as you had started to mention about my being where I am today. I mean, again, I want to thank you guys, by the way, as well, because you guys had me on the show many times, and I appreciate that, as well as Bob Collins and so on. Very supportive people for me. And um, when I met Dick Biondi, uh, it was in high school. I was a junior in high school. In Evanston, right? In Evanston High School, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I found out he had been, at that time, probably the main yeah, celebrity on WLS at the time. Uh, 1961, he was very, very big. And what had happened was I was kind of determined to try to make it in music, and I wanted a hit record. I, You know, I used to listen to the, the radio station all the time and hear the hits and blah, 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 and I thought, oh, I could do that. Well. <laughs> i'll tell you what i'm still trying no i'm kidding i I got lucky but the reality is when I, a friend of mine told me here he lives right here was off of dodge avenue in evanston and me being as determined as determined as i was i had recorded what they call a demo demonstration record in evanston for I think it was like $15 at the time. And I recorded, oh, God, I put that on this little lacquer, and I put uh, the song I had called Baby, Baby. Baby, baby, where are you going, baby, baby? What are you doing? I mean, hello. So anyway, as it turns out, um, I brought it to his house. Um, knocked on his door. This is the word that is honest uh how it happened. I knock on his door, and I say, hello. I don't know if it was Mr. Beyond here or if I just said, here, take this. No, I, just, <laughs> I said, hello, hello. He was so gorgeous, so nice. I mean, there was nothing. He was just right there, and he just said, well, come on in, come on in. Wow. And uh, Yeah, that's that's all there was to it. You know, obviously, he might have asked me if I was going to Evanston High School or whatever the case. He never asked me. Who told you where I live? <laughs> no, oh. You would never do that. I just realized that now. That's, that's absolutely true. It was so nice. And the guy, he lived in a townhouse situation there at Evanston, as I said. And the guy who lived next door to him, if you remember, Gene Taylor. Sure. Oh, yeah. Was, yep. uh, oh, oh,
0: yeah. And, and at that time, yeah. Gene Taylor was, I believe, the program director of WLS. Correct.
8: Yep. You're absolutely right, Steve. He was. He was the program director. And between those two fellas. They decided, well, well, after, but Dick did listen to the demo, by the way. He listened to it first, and Mm -hmm. then he introduced me to Gene Taylor. And it was just incredible, because from that, they would introduce me to the people that were probably the two biggest record promoters in the city of Chicago. And that happened to be a guy named Pete Wright Mm -hmm. and a guy named Howard Mm Bedno. Now, these two, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. We're agreeing. We
8: know. Uh, uh, Yeah, Oh, yeah. Now, I went... As a matter of fact, because of uh, their tie-in with Pete Wright and Howard and record business and all that, because Pete and Howard at the time, 99... I would say maybe 95% of what you would hear of the top 40 at the radio station WLS at the time. I got to tell you, at that time, every record that was a hit or just brought on one by these two independent record, produ- um, promoters. And they brought me in the studio. Uh, Pete did. And I said, let's, let's give you a go. And this is all because of Dick and anyway, that's history right there. So after that, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you except the guy was so wonderful to me and he always has been, mm-hmm. um, wasn't I introduced that, him to his... the I'm wasn't sorry.
0: Wasn't that one of the key things about Dick Biondi? He always was accessible. He always... Absol- a, a, yeah. Anytime Any time you encountered him, as enamored as you may have been with him and what he had done, right. he made you feel right. like you were the important yeah. person in the room. That was how Dick All Biondi operated.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: He was a very down-to-earth guy. He wasn't a guy that you know, felt his celebrity should be, you know, this or that. As a matter of fact, because I've known people who wanted to do a book on him. I know people, you know, at that point, at that time. And he wasn't interested in it. He didn't care about it. He, he came off very humble for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why I say for the most part. He came off humble. I mean, he was a regular guy. And that's, I think, the attraction of him. It was very natural. very, And he would. Look what he did. He also did these Dick Beyondy gatherings, you know, for Christmas and raising mm-hmm. money, toys for tots and all that. Uh, it's incredible the amount of effort he put in. He was also, in fact, let me say one other thing here. We did, we went to a ball game, uh, he, <laughs> the Sox, no, I'm sorry, it was actually Northside, it was the Cubs. That he was invited to throw out the ball. This was years ago. Yeah. Uh, during the seventh inning stretch and so on. Well, they called me. I was invited to join him as well as Jim Peterick and as well as Carl Jim Marisi. So we were there for seven. This is what I find interesting because here's a guy that you figured, eh, nah, you know, he'll just, just do it, do it. But actually, we rehearsed. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> 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 and I go, I don't know, because he felt it's necessary, <laughs> and so you know, what I mean, I don't think people realize that you know he really wanted to make sure that everything was proper, you know, yeah. as well as the way he is. I mean, he was, he was and he was a funny guy. And uh, I mean, when we went to a number of times, uh, you know, we would always talk music. You never knew much about his private life. Uh, he would never really go back and say much about it. Mm-hmm. Now, about 20, I don't know how long he's been married uh, at that point, but I introduced him to his wife, Mary Beth. And I used to go out with her, and one day we went to a uh, Hillside Record Co- Convention, a uh, collector's convention,
2: mm-hmm.
8: and Dickie was there, and he met Mary Beth at the time. Now, Mary Beth and I were not really dating anymore. I figured ah, I'd come along as a friend. And after that, I get a call from Mary Beth. She goes, guess who I'm going out with?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it
8: was he. And I'm going, no kidding, really? <laughs> of course you are. He's 90,000 years old, and you're 12. Of course he's going to go. But anyway, <laughs> you know, a very nice lady. And and again, they, they got along. All this time was wonderful. And, you know, and of course, I made, I made a mistake by, you know, obviously... <laughs> not screening what I'm saying because I said to her whenever she'd call back and I said, yeah, I'm, yeah, he's great. We're going on with him still. I said, yeah, of course you are because, and I go through that, even though I wasn't jealous. Yes, it was just a matter yes. of, right. of course, of course. You were I was teasing. being a fool. You were teasing. I was being stupid.
5: No. But, turned,
8: but Dick did then Dick called me. On oh. that. He called me one day. He said, Rice? And I said, yes. He said, quit saying these things to her.
2: <laughs> <the Mary Beth. laughs> oh that's good
8: <laughs> and i thought he would hate me ever since but no things got really yeah. nice and he would ask me when he was on the air to take her to a couple of uh shows you know that he couldn't make and so on but what a lovely guy what yes, a lovely guy
1: yes. uh ronnie hold your thought if you would we're talking about dick Bianchi, sure. who passed a little over a week ago And we weren't on the radio last Saturday night when the news broke, but we had to take some time and talk about Dick because we absolutely adored him, not only as a professional, but as a human being. And we were very fortunate to sit down with him for a couple of hours. And coming up a little later on uh, this morning, we're going to play some excerpts of the conversation that we had with him.
0: We're talking with Ronnie Rice, who's the uh, lead singer for the New Colony 6 for many, many years. And uh, Ronnie, Johnny and I were just... uh, talking about something off the air. When you initially got the idea to be with a group...
1: Did you take that to Dick? And what did Dick Biondi say when you said, I've got this chance to join a group? Because when you first took your demo to him, you were a solo performer, a teenager who wanted to be a rock star, right?
8: Good point. Exactly right, yeah. Um, I think, you know, again, he was so supportive that i when he when he saw that the new colony became successful and so on uh he was, again he's he was so chicago minded guy mm-hmm. I think he would you would say even though he's from New York originally, whatever, and he's been around everywhere. I used to tell him I used to say, well, uh, where were the places you worked? he said, why don't you ask me what the places <laughs> yeah. I didn't work yeah. or vice versa right. and uh you know i mean the guy would work i think he's been everywhere in the country but what's interesting is again he's very supportive of chicago folks uh as as you know he also did that because the group chicago which never got inducted when they should have right that dick was way angry about that i Mm -hmm. mean uh, you know he's not going to yell and scream at anyone but he felt they, it was an injustice that they should have been right. in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. And so, like I say, for anybody out of the city of Chicago, he was tight with them. And I, I would say more of a Chicago guy than any other kind of guy. I think he loved Chicago. I think he really felt great here. And that's, that's why he was on the air for so long as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's yeah. why he was so loved. I I have so enjoyed over the past week the the posts, the many many posts on Facebook from people who had an encounter with him, mm-hmm. and most oh, yeah, of them had yeah. pictures with him. Um, uh, Brian Alzheimer, yeah. who's one of the producers on the afternoon show, sure, uh, he's really? he had a picture of him and, and Dick on his Facebook page, and he said he gave <laughs> me the best advice ever. He said, "Buddy, if you're going to make it in this business, you got to be." fired, because you're not going to make it until you're fired. And he said, thank goodness he told me that, because when I was fired, I wasn't devastated. I picked myself up, and I went right back out there and said, I'm going to get another job.
0: That's just the nature of this business. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then um, (laughs) did you come across uh, Lisa Green's post, uh, Ronnie? Because she works with...
0: Yes,
2: I did
8: see it. it.
1: They were so, so moving, because she talked about calling him her little cannoli. And
8: I've read. I didn't. I'm not sure if I read that. Oh, at all, but
1: just, they had the sweetest re- professional relationship, but you could tell he went out wow. of his way to make her feel special. A woman in a a business that not a lot of women have been given opportunities in. But he was so supportive of mm-hmm. her. And I read these things, and at first I would I feel like crying, but then I was so happy that we all. We got to tell him how much we loved him when yeah. he was alive. That's yep. the important thing. Oh, yeah. 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 He was
8: tell- a, real, a real guy. A real tell- guy. And, and like you say, he wasn't a phony. No. And, uh, gosh, no. You know, I mean, he would say it like it is. That's probably why he got fired so many times.
1: That's probably yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> and,
8: and, and, you know, the guy had a temper, but I, he never showed that. No. I never saw him get cuckoo about anything or anyone, but I heard stories, you know. I think there was one story one time that he was talking about Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. And I think Tony Bennett at the time, even though he had San Francisco on and all that, he was down uh, grading or down playing rock and roll. He, he came out to, a, this is exactly what he told me, that I think he jumped over his desk to try to get a hold of Tony <laughs> <laughs> he, he was <laughs> irritated. He, he, hey, don't talk like that about uh, you know the rock and roll folks because he was, oh. he was into it. He loved playing the stuff. He knew this stuff. Uh, I mean, he would, he had history. Uh, yeah, what amazes me is if you name anyone, name anyone, the Everly Brothers, name anybody from the past, name all the yeah. roots of rock and roll guys, any one of them, including Elvis, including the Beatles, including Rolling Stones,
0: he's met them all. Yeah, yeah yeah well
8: yeah. That, that, that's,
0: one things, I... that's one of the things that's one of the things you'll hear in the uh, the interview that we're going to be replaying right uh, when we mm-hmm. mentioned just about anybody to dick he, had, he had stories, and the other thing uh you talk about him reacting to Tony Bennett not liking rock and roll I think <laughs> that that underscores how Dick Biondi was passionate about his listeners, Yes. one of the stories oh, yeah. that we're going to get into. In a couple minutes, Mm. there were um, all kinds of rumors about why he supposedly left the the Big 89. We will tell you the complete story. And it had to do with Dick being passionate about his listeners and yes. how he felt the station was harming his ability to communicate with his listeners. We'll tell yes. you that whole story in a few minutes and uh, also be replaying uh, parts of a, a roughly a two-hour interview that we did with Dick um, in studio many, many years ago.
1: But, Ronnie, take a moment and tell us how you came to write a song and perform a song about him and with him. How did that happen? <laughs>
0: Do you have a copy of that? Yes, yeah, we we're, do. We're going to play some of it a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened. You want to hear? All right, here it is. What happened
8: was one day, you know, Dick would throw different, like when I talked to him on the phone, he would always throw different titles. He'd come up with titles. Mm-hmm. You know, blah, 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 blah. But now he didn't know I was going to come up with this. It was just one day, I was sitting at home and I thought, I'm going to write a tune about him. And. So that, you know, I did it. I did it. A buddy of mine, you might know him, Skipper Paris, of Mm -hmm. course. And uh, we got together at his house to record. And Dick came by and and did his talking on the CD, on the Uh record, or what you want to call it. And uh, he decided to call it Feast and Famine, since he was so thin and I wasn't. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah
8: that was it and he played it a couple of times blah 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 and i uh i i we had a good time doing it and it, it was just fun and you know you never know you never know what's going to happen at what time or when you yeah. just you just do what happens and well, the,
1: the bottom it line
8: came is out, like
1: now, I was just going to say, the bottom line is, you had a wonderful relationship with him. He was wild yeah. about you. We were all lucky to call and him me. a friend. And uh, we're going to yeah, sneak absolutely. in. I hope you can go back to your radio, Ronnie, and listen to some of these things. You'll know these stories, because he's told you them <laughs> over a plate of spaghetti <laughs> over the years. But uh, you know, thank yeah. you so much for joining us tonight. And I hope you'll come down and play on the radio with us Yeah, we got to get
0: you in the studio in a couple weeks, Ronnie.
1: Will you
8: do it? Yeah, I'd love it. I have so much fun when I'm there with you guys because, all right. it, well, number one, not only are you great uh, to me as well as the audience, but I'm saying I get a chance to at least do a couple of tunages with you. Now, that was his rap. Uh, he yeah. would say tunages. I'm picking up certain things <laughs> from him,
0: that <laughs> I didn't realize
8: we do them. Like, how are you doing, sweet lips? You well, right we'll have you
0: time? We'll have you back in the you studio know? to do a couple of oh, tunages yes. in, uh, in just a couple of weeks. Rodney, thank you so thank much. You so Roddy. Roddy. So much. Steve King and Johnny Putnam at WGN Radio, we want to take you back now to uh, 2006. And I should back up and say that both Johnny and I had been Dick Biondi fans for a long, long time. We had met Dick Biondi at one of the ALS Mammoth Music Marts. Right. In and, fact, that
1: picture was posted on our Facebook page.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I recall from the first time we met Dick was he seemed more excited to meet us than we were to meet him, which which amazed me. And I was
1: like a giggly schoolgirl. I was like, I couldn't think of anything to say, but I've I listened to you on the radio. And, and I know how I would feel when people would say, I listened to you on the radio as I was growing mm. up. And so I didn't want to say that to him. But that was the reality. You know, I grew up listening to him on the radio. Yeah.
0: And uh, he, he was I mean, he was Dick Biondi. And, mm-hmm. it, and that's how I think anybody who was in this business felt about him, even though this was how we all made our living, he was such a pioneer. Yes. And you can't overstate the impact that Dick Biondi had on radio, on, certainly on this market. Mm -hmm. When the once Big 89 hit in 1960... It
1: was seismic.
0: And you're not overstating that at all. It was literally a seismic blast. Now, we're going to go back to... We're going to be playing different parts of this interview
1: because we had the good fortune to sit down with him for hours and when he walked in we 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 both chuckle when we think about the night that he walked in and he was dressed to the nines to be on radio
0: suit and tie and, and he came with notes
1: he had a notebook with notes and when he reached his right hand out to shake my hand i thought oh my gosh he's shaking he's nervous
0: because and, he wanted to make sure that everything was it was done right. Now we should also—he was in
1: good hands. He, he told us that at the outset, off the air. He says, "I'm really excited about being here." It's, he was in between jobs, and he it, just didn't know where it was going to go.
0: In fact, that's how we were able to talk with him because this was after a period when he had been working for what was then WJMK. The people who owned that radio station changed the format and they put Dick and some other people on a sideband FM station Mm -hmm. where they really weren't given the opportunity to get that much of an audience at that time. So the one thing led to another and he ultimately left that radio station. So he was in between jobs and being in between jobs, he was able to then come over to WGN and talk to us. Not to apply for a job, but just he was able to, to show up right. and we could talk to him about stuff. Now, we let off the interview by playing parts of an album that Dick had recorded in Nashville when he had left the Once Big 89. And the album was called uh, Dick Biondi's Favorites, The Teenagers. And it was produced by Ray Stevens, yes, the same guy that did Everything is Beautiful and Ahab the Arab, And some some musicians, and the album was recorded live in Nashville, and we started off the interview by playing that album and then just talking with Dick, and here's a little bit of what happened.
9: It is such a pleasure to welcome Dick Biondi to WGN. Dick, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you, and thanks, Johnny. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. I've dreamed about uh, being on this station because it's the only major station in the city I have never been on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! And Dick brought this checklist. Okay, so checking that out. <laughs> that is so great. No, and uh, that particular uh, opening is the first time, and Ray Stevens uh, was the A&R man and produced it down in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it's a great album. Well, to, the, to this. It's fun. I, I love this it. Thing.
1: It's really a slice of a in fact, we listened to it over the weekend. I'd never heard it from beginning to end. And I got kind of teary because it's, you know, from a simpler time. And there's just a sweetness about it, Dick. It really
9: is. <laughs> Thank you. It was a fun thing to do. And uh, one of the nicest things about it. Ray was so nice in getting us together. Mm -hmm. And we were down there and one of the things that really fascinated me while we were waiting to go to the studio to to record it, we were in a motel and we were out on the balcony and all of a sudden here comes the sirens and we said, what in the world is this? And right down below us, probably not from here to the wall behind Steve, is John Kennedy in a convertible going by. Wow. Sort of a, just a great, Feeling. Yeah. Sort of pepped everybody up.
1: Yeah, right. Now, when we say Ray Stevens, of course, we mean the, the famous singer-songwriter Ray
2: yes. Stevens, mm-hmm.
1: uh, who's written some beautiful songs, and then some not-so-beautiful songs, like Ned Nostril and some of
9: those <laughs> classics, you know. Uh, Butch Bavarian, deer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: but
2: uh,
1: when you went down to Nashville, uh, because you were on um, a station that was heard around the country, I mean, people knew you all over the country as a disc jockey,
9: right? Yeah, we were I believe we covered well, yeah. uh-huh. as as Aubrey told in Cheyenne, Wyoming. They mm-hmm. but we covered uh, forty, I think forty-four, forty-five states uh-huh. very well. And all of Canada.
1: And you are on in the evening, so yep. they could really hear you booming out there. Because the email we've got, you'll just love the email we have from people. I was in the service in El Paso, Texas, and I'd prop my transistor radio <laughs> up against you know, the barrack wall so I could hear Dick Vianney. These emails are so sweet. you know, And people are just so thrilled to, to hear you on the radio.
9: Thank you. Thank you. That That's the one thing, after all the... Hundreds or thousands of disc jockeys that have gone through Chicago and the major cities. When people remember one guy like this, it's mm. a, it's it sort of makes the hair in the back of your neck stand mm. up a little. <laughs> now, h- home
1: for you is you were born and raised. Where?
9: Upstate New York. Really? Mm I knew you
1: were an East Coast kid. I didn't know you were
9: upstate New York. A little town called Endicott, where IBM was founded, Uh Mm -hmm. and Endicott Johnson Shoes, which employed 99% of the Italian population in my hometown, and uh, it was just a wonderful time. uh, Still there, the triple cities. Um, I started in radio at the age of eight in Auburn, New York. Eight. Eight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> were you shaving yet I mean were you old for your age
9: <laughs> I was I was up there for the summer with my grandmother and grandfather so I would run around and I'd go up to the Metcalf building uh-huh. there was a radio station there and I went up one day and stood and was fascinated watching the guys and I went back every day and one day Bob Morgan called me in he said you, you really like this and I said yeah and I was you know wow. and he said can you read and I said, yeah. He handed me a commercial for Brotan's women's clothing, and he said, read that. And I read it on the air. At, at eight. And that was it. I was hooked. Oh,
1: Well, who were you listening to as a kid, though, on the radio at that time? Well, well, and were you, in fact, listening, saying, hmm, I bet someday I could do that, or was it reading that first commercial that did it for you?
9: Well, that did it, but... I was listening to Jack Armstrong, The All-American Kid, Let's oh. Pretend, uh, Ted Max Amateur Hour, all of those great shows. Uh-huh. What, what was what was the point? I mean, you did that as a kid, but was
0: there a point when you said, okay, this is really what I want to do for a living? It, was it when you got into high school or after that, or how did that all happen?
9: Uh, it started even before, because in the eighth grade, I was working at uh, WINR in Binghamton. Uh when I was working, I was getting paid, you know, uh, running for coffee and uh, hamburgers and uh, spotting football for Bob Cullings, the man that taught me how mm-hmm. to t- say words. Uh, because at that point, I could not say the word three or four. Everything was like tree or fur. And, oh, <laughs> and every time I said something and didn't do it right, he'd kick me in the shins. Not hard, but... Uh-huh. And he was just a wonderful man. And I was lucky enough to be with some great, great guys, uh, including Rod Serling, who was started there. And, uh, As he, in the Twilight Zone, yeah, Rod Serling. And he uh, would always give me like a dime or 15 cents for bringing him a hamburger or coffee from Michelangelo's restaurant, which was where they'd send me. Oh, my God! Yeah, and he was wow. just a great bunch of guys. And there was one guy named Ted Jackson, who was the youngest guy there, and he was like the teen idol as far as disc jockeys and uh, at the age of 14 he took me to the Johnson City Pavilion and he said tell your mother and father you're going to be coming home real late and we got to the Johnson City Pavilion and he was doing a big band remote with you remember back then yeah. from 11 30 mm-hmm. to midnight and I'm up on the side of the stage and he's got his microphone stand and everything and he said you just stay here we're going to have Something special tonight. I said, oh, okay, I won't do that. And because I'd been around them and everything, and Gene Krupa's band was the group that was well, was playing, and dancing and everything. Half hour goes by, and end of the show comes up, and he says, um, Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Gene Krupa, and this is Ted Jackson, your announcer, and he taps me on the shoulder, and I walk up to the mic and I say, This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And then, ding, ding, dong, <laughs> I, I, that was it. From then on, nothing else. <laughs> you were 14 years old. All right. That's movie material. Yeah, but the thing that's scary about I say, well, The people in New York or, or here in Chicago that were transferred, uh-huh. I said, What in the heck are they doing? Up there? <laughs> <laughs> now, had your voice started changing at, at 14? Yeah, I didn't have, the, you know, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sound you, like a you puberty were a kid. kid. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first rock and roll gig? Oh boy, you mean as far as on the air? Yeah. Uh, well, I got uh, 1950. I was in Louisiana, and uh, we had a program called Jam and Jive, which the owner's son and program director did every day from 3:30 till 6:30, and it was the only place in central Louisiana that played all black music back then. And I did it on Saturdays, and they called me Daddy O's substitute. <laughs> now, this, and I, it was great. I was playing Fats Domino before he had a hit, uh, Joe Liggins and the Honey Drippers, Buddy Johnson, one of the great, great bands of the uh, rhythm and blues era, and uh, I had just was so enthralled with it because, and they would send me down to. The Greystone Grill, which was the place for African-American music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would be the only Caucasian there. And I'd be standing on the stage. and It was great. Ruth Brown, who oh, was... And by the yeah. way, Ruth Brown is still appearing yeah. at the uh, bootleggers out in uh, Las Vegas on Thursday nights. Oh. Wow. But what a great thrill it was. And if I can real quick, I'm yeah. getting on. No, no, plan. Sure, but this... Uh, one during one of my Saturday afternoons I had a portion of the show which was sponsored by I'll get to that in a minute. It was Spirituals. Uh-huh. Fifteen Minutes of Black Spirituals. And so they had instead of records, they asked me to bring in or in the studio and put them on, the original blind boys from Alabama. Oh my God! Wow. So I'm in the studio and they're in there singing. And they did not have instruments, but they just kept time by slapping slapping the sun and i've never seen anything like all of a sudden i see them looking down and there's smoke coming out of one of the guy's pockets because he had those big kitchen matches and they they kept singing did not miss a note and i saw him pulling the matches out and throwing them on the floor and they never missed a beat (laughs)
2: <laughs> his pants are on fire
9: <laughs> it's a great story. and 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 the best part of it was it was sponsored by get this the progressive funeral home of lower third street in alexandria <laughs> just a, a a bit
0: of the Entree into Radio of Dick Biondi. And, and we're going to continue and let you hear more of a, a wonderful conversation oh, we had with Dick back in 2006. Memory.
1: What a memory. I just, as I'm sitting here listening to this again, I'm thinking, oh, his recall, the specifics is yeah. just fascinating.
0: We're paying tribute to, uh, to Dick Biondi, uh, the, the, an extraordinarily uh, talented man who really changed the face of radio in Chicago, Uh, I will never forget the first time I ever heard Dick Biondi. It was uh, 1960, and I had been outside. I was cutting the grass or something like that, and there was this new radio station that came on, and it was the the once big 89 WLS, and uh, they were playing my kind of music, Mm -hmm. rock and roll i thought well this is cool uh but the people who were on during the afternoon they they were you know older announcers so that night nine o'clock i turned on and all of a sudden i hear this wild screaming guy (laughs) and it was beyondy and i was absolutely hooked as were millions and millions and millions of people and i want to take a quick second and address something There have been rumors about why Dick left WLS. Some people to this day want to spread the false story that it had to do with some uh, obscene joke that Dick told. Never, never happened. The true story was, and you can read about this in uh, in Clark Weber's book because he was there, The bottom line was, Dick was so popular that the station kept adding more and more and more and more and more commercials.
1: And he couldn't talk.
0: And Dick came in one night, and they had added even more commercials. And he got into a shouting match with the sales manager and said, Mm. Look, my listeners want to hear the music. He said, This is putting a barrier between me and my listeners. I can't put up with that. I mean, they got into a nasty argument. At that point, Gene Taylor, who was the program director, said, Dick, you might want to just go home and and cool down. Dick went home. Next day, the general manager uh, wound up realizing that, no, they couldn't come to an agreement. And that was how Dick left the station. It had nothing to do with bad jokes. It had everything to do with Dick caring about his audience and feeling, no, too many commercials It's putting a barrier between me and my audience. That's
1: right. Uh, As we have talked, uh, as we did with Ronnie Rice, and we over the past week have talked so often about how he was literally a walking rock and roll history book. And one of the fun things that we experienced in interviewing him was just throwing out a name. Mm-hmm. and But, of course, we had to ask him about the Beatles because he really is remembered for first exposing us to the mu- music of the Beatles. And he tells a great story about the first time he got to introduce the Beatles.
0: You were uh,
9: one of the disc jockeys that was emceeing the Hollywood Bowl concert, I believe? Yeah. Bob Eubanks brought the Beatles in. Great story. Uh, He mortgaged his house to do it. And there was Casey Kasem, Dave Hall the afternoon, who was the West Coast fifth Beatle, uh, Charlie O'Donnell, Bob Eubanks, and myself. And each of us went out and introduced one of the acts leading up. And I got to introduce the circle. That was the group just before him. Mm-hmm. Dave Hall went out, and he had his horn, and he was he was out there, and we're all standing off to the side waiting to go out because Eubanks wanted us to say all at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. That way nobody is going to, sp- I introduce them. Ah. So hey, we're standing there, and Dave Hall is out there going nuts. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm standing, all of a sudden I hear this voice from behind me. Mr. Hall would you get off the blanking stage so we can do our blanking show? And I turn around, it's Paul McCartney, and he says, he does go on, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so we all went out. We all said it the same. Ladies and gentlemen, and we wanted to, if I can say this without getting into trouble, because if you know the West Coast, out in that time in the 60s on the West Coast, the kids used to say if they loved something, it was bitching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to say the Beatles, and bo- oh. New Bank said no. So we all just said, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. And then it was like the biggest lightning storm you ever saw. 17,000 flash bulbs going off in the bowl, and the hill on the side was with another 10 or 20,000. And you could not hear because it was so loud. <laughs> Oh, what a night. Boy. I, I guess. guess. I got
1: serious just hearing this story. And, and,
9: and before the show, before they had the act on, I was out in the back s- stage area, and I think, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember, if it was Judy Collins or Joan Baez, uh, One, I'm standing with next to uh, Brian Epstein, the uh, Beatles' manager. Brian Epstein. Yeah, and he's standing there, the Beatles are inside a little room, and this guy comes around and says, Brian. Uh, 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 Joan Baez wants to meet the boys, and Brian Epstein said, "Are you out of your mind? They're going on in fifteen minutes. Tell her to go to." Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it... a little soap opera backstage. <laughs> yeah, there. you know, I mean, it was, because it was so yeah. people were going nuts. They brought him in in a Brinks truck. Oh a... my God. Wow,
0: Dick. I'm going to compare you to to another friend of ours, and uh, and again, I don't mean to embarrass you. But you and Les Paul have something very, very much
9: in common. We're both almost a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have incredible memories. Yeah, you, you really, yes. really do.
1: I, mean, I, I, I tease Steve about the fact that he doesn't know what we ate for supper yeah, yesterday, I have no clue. but he knows what the flip side, you know, the B side yeah. of a record was from nineteen sixty-two. Well, it's the important stuff. The important yeah. stuff. <laughs> I, and you know, you've got the total recall of the, the day, the the, the the day of the week.
9: Well, are, are you a pack rat? Do you do you keep? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got. Uh, I've got a whole pod down in South Carolina uh, that I've, it's been there since I came here in '83. Because yeah, I've got uh, i got 3,000 pounds of uh, 33 LPs, oh. including the Beatles' Butcher album <gasps> and wow. Freewheeling Wheeling by uh, Bob Dylan. Oh wow! My God. I shouldn't have said that. Now somebody's going to give
1: her go visit your stuff. <laughs> Do you ever go to?
9: No, I just it's a and and uh, it's just stored away. Yeah, it's just uh, there's a lot of good stuff. There's uh, wow a lot of I'll tell you more. About
1: well, you know what? It, just think about it. If you don't continue with this radio thing, you could sell stuff on eBay. No, you could would be I, a very wealthy man.
9: <laughs> no, I, I, that's it. I don't want to sell stuff cause that it's it's like the uh, the medal that Bobby Darren sent me from the Vatican. And he was there, and uh, he kept in touch wherever he went, mm-hmm. and he had the Pope bless a, a medal for me. him. Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, what wow. a great story. Yeah. Wow. It's, there's,
0: some there's of the a memories from of, of uh, uh, Dick okay. Biondi. Oh, uh, and uh, we're going to continue with a little yeah. more of the conversation we had with Dick Biondi back in uh, 2006. Uh, you, you know, if, if there's one thing that stands out to me about him is his longevity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I
4: would love to have that type of longevity in this business. I've been in 22 years already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I can keep that going for another 60, I'd die a
0: happy man. <laughs> there you go. Amen. Yeah, wow. he, was, he was an extraordinary man. And uh, well, more of our tribute to Dick Biondi coming up. Interesting texts coming in at 312 This one says Dick Biondi was a fixture for a time at WKBW Buffalo. I grew up listening to that station. It's the Buffalo equivalent of WGN with its 50,000 watt signal beamed east. WKBW has that had Scandinavian Scandinavian listeners. listeners. And actually, um, the WKBW years, you can find some of that on one of the Cruisin' series albums. Mm -hmm. And one of them is uh, strictly. Dick Biondi, when he was at WKBW, and, and it's just excerpts from a show that he did there. Uh, Dick worked at a number of stations around the country.
1: It actually was kind of a joke for him to talk about the number of stations mm-hmm. that he worked at across the country.
0: I will never forget after he left uh, LS. There was, for a while, you heard nothing. And then all of a sudden, I, I was tuning around. And all of a sudden, on what is now AM1000, it's Dick Mm Biondi, because he signed this contract where he was doing nationwide radio from Mutual in New York. Now, I don't remember the chronology. I don't know if that was before or after he went to the left coast, Mm -hmm. where he wound up introducing the Beatles. And after he was on the left coast for a while, he uh, ultimately came back to Chicago and to to CFL at that point. And uh, he he worked any of a number of time spots uh, while he was at CFL, but it was so good that any time Dick Biondi was around uh, was a good time to be around the radio.
1: And he lived through. As we did, so many changes technologically, Mm -hmm. because the Internet became an element of our broadcast, where his listeners could get to him... Right then, mm-hmm. while he was on the air, they could ask for songs, they could just communicate with him, and he would communicate with them. He would mm-hmm. take time during a song to respond to them, as we have tried to do over the years. Um, it, the night that we interviewed him back in 2006, so the hours that we spent with him here on WGN, one of the fun things was taking the, the, the text in and the email from listeners literally contacting us from around the country. We heard from Hawaii that night. We heard from the Philippines. We heard from um, many listeners in, in Texas, a lot of military folks who had listened to him. And there was one particular email that we read to him on the radio, and this is what happened.
0: Let me read you uh, an email. that just came in. Uh, the email says, Great show. Steve, Johnny, and Beyondy. It has a certain ring to it. And isn't it tremendous that when you play back an old tape of Dick from 1960, his voice is exactly the same as it is today. He's the most unique talent in the history of rock radio. The only reason there aren't statues of him, movies about him, and books on his life is he's
9: still around, thank the good Lord, and hopefully he'll be back in the game he loves soon. This is from Bob Surratt. Oh, thank you, Bob. Uh, Bob is probably uh, the reason I'm back in Chicago. Of course, is not probably he is. Uh, first of all, uh, to Bob, uh, my sympathy on the loss of his mom. Which uh, and uh, Bob has been uh, calling me and calling me, but unfortunately, I was under a gag rule. Right. And I don't know if Bob was told that. And uh, they said if I had said anything. But Bob, uh, Bob came down to South Carolina. He is probably the best friend any radio personality has ever had. Absolutely. And I, 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 there should be a statue of him. And I, that really, I mean it, because he's just, uh, and he will not accept a compliment. He's a, some some somehow, well, Bob, we love you, and thank God you're still with us. Thank you.
0: And the gag rule that Dick was talking about, that's why we were lucky enough when the gag rule kind of, was lifted because he was no longer contractually uh, aligned with the one radio station. He was between contracts. So that's when we were able mm-hmm. to get him in studio. And it was only, I want to say it was about a month after mm-hmm. we had Dick in the studio that he uh, then signed with um, with LSFM. And I remember one of my favorite And I've always been a fan of Dick Biondi, but one of my favorite things was when he was doing the FM on L.S. for a while. On Friday nights, they kind of let him do what he wanted to do. Remember how he used to take requests and he would just tell stories? Because one of the things that used to bother me about some of Dick's time on the air was... He was constrained by the format, but on those Friday nights, he would just tell <laughs> stories, and it kind of like he's sharing with us in this interview. Let me take you back, if I can, to uh, one of your, your signature bits uh, back in the days at WLS. On top of a pizza, how did that all come about? It
9: just started off uh, with the kids. Uh, I don't know, I somehow said something, and they started helping me. With the lyrics, and it mm-hmm. just, and then Don Corone recorded it with us at IRC Records up on the North Side, mm-hmm. uh, and then two years later, John Paul Glazer, Glazer and his group, changed a couple of words and had a smash with it. Yeah, yeah. Although we did sell eleven thousand, uh, if you send in fifty cents and uh, I think it was two or three Pepsi caps. Oh, <laughs>
0: not it, not it. Really? Yeah.
9: And and if I recall. I think you got, wasn't it a, a picture slipcover of you? Yeah. A, a, yeah. A, a view? yeah. Uh, th- this is really frightening, because a couple of years back, some lady came to Brother Rice. I was doing a record hop, and she had one of those. She uh-huh. said, could you autograph this, please? And I did. Uh, the record, too. I said, okay. Uh, two weeks later, she calls me up and says, I just want to thank you. You know that uh, record you autographed? I sold it on eBay for 155 bucks." <laughs> oh! Oh, my gosh. And I was using them as
1: Frisbees. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you that eBay thing could do very, very well for you. Uh, Quickly, I want to just say, um, Mary Sauer says... Hello, uh, Dick. She's just so happy to be able to hear you tonight. A few years ago, she saw you on stage at the Sandwich Fair in Sandwich, Illinois. Oh, boy. And oh, Then we had uh, Jim emails and said last time he saw you was at the Harley Davidson gig where you were doing an appearance. Uh, Scott McKenzie, uh, writing from Wisconsin, a former Chicagoan who listened to you on LS and CFL. Just wanted to say he misses you. And you're truly a Chicago history book for rock and roll from the, The Wall of Sound by Phil Spector to Chicago's very own crying shames and uh, looks forward to hearing you somehow somewhere
9: thank you. and by the way the, speaking of the sandwich fair boy those K's pork chops are great oh my goodness i love those they rule you are so right <laughs> you know you mentioned rebel without a cause mm-hmm. yeah uh, i i'm bringing you're bringing stories up mm-hmm. when i was in youngstown and doing hops i did a bit where i would i had a full face beard Hmm. And I dyed it school colors every week. <laughs> this is no lie. They uh, this is Don Rose was a beautician. Well, oh, come on, that could be hideous. All right, this is for real. I got blue pic- and gold. I got pictures oh every every God. Thursday night. Don he was a beautician would bleach it out completely, and then he would put in uh, like there was red and white, orange and black, and all uh, you know until we got to the new Catholic high school, Ursuline High School, uh-huh. whose colors were gold and green. Uh-huh. Now, uh, during this time, when they were doing it, it was a a Saul Rabinowitz, who was a national promotion man for Epic Records, came in and he said, what a great, day. he said, tell you what, I'm promoting a new record. If, if I can get you to go to New York and have the singer Make believe he's dying. Your beard, you know. Uh huh. Would you do? It? I said yes. Yeah. So, two weeks later, I had the uh, I had Don bleach it out completely. I went on a Monday, went to New York, and went up to this house where the man, the owner, made ca- uh, caskets in a cellar, and his son had a, a little like toothbrush with some stuff and was putting on the black. hmm. And it was salmonial. The guy that was in Rebel Without a Call. Oh, my oh boy. Gosh. And it was great. We made all the, the trade papers. But <laughs> I got back, and we had to get rid of that. And now comes Ursula in high school. There, at that time, there was no dye for women's hair or anybody's hair, green. <laughs> but I didn't want to let them down, and I I put green enamel paint. in Because <gasps> I, I, you had to have it. And it was great. Until I de- t- tried to get it out, and I wound up at the emergency room because my face was starting to peel. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was a great bit. Oh but, my <laughs> god! <laughs> <laughs> is anything for the fans. It was it was great, but it was you know that were the, the matching clothes. Yeah, but but uh, who knew that the green paint okay. yeah yeah i thought it would come right out you know because what i did i i actually got turpentine and tried to do it like you know you thin it out and that's what killed the, the skin oh, oh my
0: god who but dick biondi would say i went to the emergency room but it was for the kids anything so, for the
1: fans yeah oh my for the gosh fans. i remember we were horrified when yeah. he even said that he would dye his beard every yeah. thursday
0: yeah one of the many things that that was unique and wonderful about Dick Biondi, his memory not only of the the people who made the records, but his memory of the people who came to see him. Yes, yes. And little individual things about them. Oh, you were so and so, and we met at right. blah blah blah, and you brought me the so and so, and I signed this. And uh, yeah, so yeah. He,
1: Um, I I want to stick with the the business of stunts Mm -hmm. because I don't think and we did not get him to clarify this but I don't think that the bosses required him to do a lot of these things I think these were his own wacky ideas to just Mm -hmm. kind of pull those fans in and they loved him for every minute of it one of the crazier stunts was Dick Biondi and a chimpanzee And this is what happened.
9: Two things that I did, and I would like it. We have the time. Sure. First one. Uh, When I was in L.A. in 1965, 67, uh, through 67, 1965, I was at the Hollywood Palladium for the Teenage Fair, which ran nine days. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. I was in a uh, cage with a little chimp called Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. Now, this is... And... (laughs) We, 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 (laughs) you're laughing. So I had to spend nine days in there or, and we had a typewriter until he typed K-R-L-A, the call letters. (laughs) You remember, now, you remember, given enough time, a monkey could, okay, so, and we would walk him over and try to, he, he never did it. But his trainer was one of the Barrymore family and a nice guy. And we met and everything was set up and he said, Dick, I'm gonna tell you one little thing. Goldfinger weighed hundred and thirty pounds. Great little cute chip. Had pants, diapers, all you know. <laughs> but anyway he said, This is uh, listen to this the, the no the third day before it was over and he told me beginnings, Dick, if and it may happen, he's gonna to try to bite you. He said he doesn't realize it, but he's going to. And he said, if he does, freeze. Don't move a muscle, because if you move, you'll rip your skin or tear it apart. Uh So I said, yeah, right. So now we got the afternoon of that date. I remember it. I'm sitting there, and I reach out, because the kids are all around. And he sinks his teeth right here in the web between the thumb. And the guy yells, Freeze! and I held my hand still. This chimp opened his mouth and started backing up and I had to do something that he told me to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
9: I got my hand bleeding, made a fist and whacked him up under the chin as hard as I could. And I got booed and everybody started oh. screaming at me, telling me what a rotten... <laughs> now listen, this this chimp goes into the corner and is crying. And oh. here comes the guy, that puts alcohol and everything on it. And all of a sudden, there's, the kids are still very upset that I whacked them. Here comes the chip, comes up, puts his arms around me, and kisses me on the cheek. Oh my <laughs> gosh! He couldn't type, but he,
1: no. he could play the audience real well. It was. <laughs> I just can't even wrap my mind around getting into a cage with a chimpanzee until the chimp could type the call letters.
0: That's the kind of wacky stunts that they did in, oh, in Top 40 Radio back in the day.
1: That's wonderful. And here I was complaining about being asked to ride on a donkey to play basketball yeah. or to walk on a wing, as, as I was asked to do. And then when mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm not going to do it, they came to you and said, well,
0: then you a- walk a- on the wing. Well, we both said... No, I said I won't let Johnny do that, and you said you no. wouldn't let me do it. No. But and the promotions department at the radio station thought, "Oh, darn! That would have been so much fun." <laughs> no, walking on not a Not so much. I don't yeah. think.
1: In the Aaron Water Show, yeah. remember that? And then I was supposed to ride a donkey and play basketball out at the sandwich fair, and they yeah. said you can have all the pork chop sandwiches you want. No, there's not enough pork chops to make me get As on a donkey. As I recall, donkey.
0: Ed Curran wound up doing the wing-walking thing.
1: He did do the... You're right. He did do yeah. the wing-walking.
0: Because he didn't have anybody to say no. <laughs> he couldn't. So.
1: He didn't get it past his wife. She only found <laughs> yeah. out about it after he was up in the air. That was a crazy idea. Yeah.
0: Well, we've been spending the the past hour or so just remembering Dick Biondi. Uh, and
1: i'm so so happy we had that time with oh him. boy
0: and if if you want to hear the whole interview go to wgnradio.com do a search for dick biondi and there's a, a whole tribute area mm-hmm. where uh there's a conversation that uh john landeker had uh bob Surratt, and then there's the the whole interview and and again, it's um, uh, truncated. The original interview was about two hours, mm-hmm. but you can hear the whole thing on uh, WGNRadio.com. Oh. And uh, I, the word legend is tossed around too much. Uh, in Dick Biondi's case, oh boy, is it deserved. And, uh, and equally important, he was a really nice, good man. Absolutely. We'll take a break. More coming up at WGN. Stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putnam at WGN Radio. That man is going to be in the studio with us next week. That will be Nick Moss, and that's one of the cuts from his new album. Uh, that cut is called "The Bait in the Snare," and Nick will be in studio with us. He's going to be uh, performing live in the studio. And it's been too long since we saw oh Nick.
1: Oh Gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's on Alligator Records now. Yep. And that is a brand new Alligator CD, and that's the new single from that CD. And Nick, he travels all over the world singing singing blues.
0: Nick and uh, his wife, Kate Moss, uh, just... Both extraordinary blues performers and Kate. Uh, by the
1: way, is not the model Kate Moss. This right, is our, well, she same is,
0: name, different person. She still
1: looks like a model. Yeah, and in fact, she looks uh, cooler
0: because she she plays a mean guitar. I, I don't know if I ever showed you this. There was a, and I'm trying to think how the heck did I come to see this? They must have posted it. It was a video of. Nick Moss's and Kate Moss's wedding. Mm-hmm. At their wedding, they both played the blues. <laughs> they both got out the guitars. Okay. The, I want to
1: go to that wedding. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. I'll get a new outfit. I'm all I'm down with that.
0: <laughs> but they're they're both Chicago Treasures yes. and uh Nick will be in studio with us and we'll uh uh, play some of his new album, and he will play some, some stuff mm-hmm. live for us, too. So that's part of what's coming up next week.
1: And then we're going to go on the road, but we're going to be live on the radio on Saturday nights. But we will be... Um,
0: for a couple, uh, for two weeks, mm-hmm. and we'll be here at WGN next, next week. week. Then the following two weeks, we're going to be back in Panama City Beach, Florida, and we'll be broadcasting from uh, our, our friends uh, down at Gulf Coast College, WKGC.
1: And we're going to have a CD release party. Oh yes, for Jack and Jin. Yes, who you all met the last time we were down in Florida, and we were just blown away by. I call it Southern Goth music. Yeah, because it is eerie and cool, and the lyrics are so, so different. Yeah, and I'm excited about this new CD. She's um, she as in um, Sandy has um, been teasing us with mm-hmm. a little bit of the. The, the music on this latest CD. So we're going to have a CD release party in, yeah. in a couple of weeks for Jack and Jen. love the story about how they came up with the name, too. He likes yeah. Jack, and she likes Gin, And so they thought, you know, that does it. And it does it for me, too. <laughs>
0: There's so much stuff that uh again we're coming to the end of a five hour show yeah. and uh
1: can I just I- I interject because every week your that show do it well want. for the past few weeks, we got a couple of people that have i have texted uh, early in the show and says, can you give us an update on your p r p oh yes in- injection and, and, I,
0: and we should back up and explain for How long?
1: Almost two years.
0: You've been dealing with some some problems with a a torn torn rotator rotator cuff.
1: cuff, 85% tear in the rotator cuff, and I have put off surgery. Because I just don't like what they tell me about Mm. sleeping in a chair, and it it just takes forever, and it's very painful. So I went through about seven months of physical therapy. Uh, And in those seven months, I was going on average two times a week. Mm. And yes, it was helping me deal with the pain, but I had limited mobility. And I still would have days when it it would just be just unbearable pain. Mm But I didn't want to resort to pain pills. I wanted to be able to function and on and on and on. And come to find out that there was a treatment that I qualified for called PRP injection. PRP is platelet-rich plasma injection, where an orthopedic doctor actually takes your own blood and it goes into a machine and it separates the platelets. And um, I went in thinking it was a shot as in an, an injection.
0: Au contraire
1: it was a whole lot of a whole lot of injections of my own platelets into the torn rotator cuff and I was told it would either work or not there's no no mm-hmm. way of knowing until you try it within three days. I was changed. Mm. Now, I was told that it would probably take a week to two weeks before I would feel any difference. But when I could lift my arm over my head, when I could put my clothes on without holding my arm close to my body, I thought, oh, my gosh, this this is life changing.
0: And again, the thing that really kind of pushed you over the edge was when your doctor said that this was a therapy she was using for people who thought they were going to have knee surgery. knee surgery. And instead of knee surgery, they were able to do right. this, and, and, and it she, was she, being successful. She
1: had some really good luck with um, uh, tennis elbow, mm-hmm. but she hadn't done a shoulder. Uh, but she said, it has been done. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not trying something out on you. She said, it has been done. But,
0: but also, she wasn't just guessing at how she was no. putting the the injections in.
1: with. The ultrasound machine, she was looking at the tear, and that's where the injection was going in. You don't get any pain meds, you don't get any lidocaine, none right. of that stuff. so I did not know that going mm-hmm. in. I didn't ask enough questions. So I told you as I got out of the car, I said, I'll be out in 15, 20 minutes. I'm getting a shot.
0: About an hour and a half later, I
1: walked out with my arm in a sling because I was so shocked at how it felt. the weight. I, and I guess it was the weight of the platelets being injected because there were uh-huh. like five vials that went in there. And at one point I said, can't we just stop this and sell the rest of my plasma? Because, uh, uh, yes, it was painful, but it wasn't unbearable. And I was optimistic that it was going to help. And I was told that the plasma contains proteins that, that basically help uh-huh. your blood to clot. And it, it it really help, it can cause healing to occur
0: and one of the wonderful things about this No drugs, no no foreign anything. It's your blood in a more, I guess you could call it a purified state, being injected back into your body. So no foreign substances.
1: And since I mentioned this, when I had the procedure uh, uh, a month and a half ago, I've heard from people that say that um, it's being used for infertility treatment. Really? It's being used for hair loss, which I'm told it's much more... Much more painful for hair loss because you have to go through a number of procedures to have the uh, the injections throughout no, your hairline. You. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm also told that it may not last, mm-hmm. that it could be a matter of a year, a year and a half, and then suddenly you have the pain back again. But because it was a tear, the goal is that this treatment would repair the tear.
0: So I'm hopeful and, and I would think minimally help with the healing of the yes. tear because and- you were always told that it's possible that the tear could heal it yes. eventually.
1: Right. By babying it, et cetera, et cetera. As I'm talking to you now, I'm using my left hand mm-hmm. to talk to you. Something that She's I not
0: did. using her mouth. It's amazing. It's strictly her left hand. She's going <laughs> <laughs> like two, a Muppet with her hand, and you're hearing words.
1: For two years, I <laughs> held this arm close to my body because it was frozen, and now I'm like flinging it about so that I can... <laughs> be way more expressive than i've ever been because it feels so good to be able to move it so thank you for asking each week a couple of people would say can you tell us What's happened with the PRP? I will tell you, at this point in time, it is not covered by insurance. I did not feel that it was cost prohibitive. It was well under $1,000. I know that's a lot of money, but as you like to say, it's a quality of life.
0: this defines quality of life. and One of the things that I have been adamant about, as, as Johnny and I have put a few more years behind us, it's all about quality of life. And you get no argument from me about this.
1: And look at it this way. We do have a deductible. I would have been paying money out of pocket for yeah. surgery and probably would have been life-changing. And 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 maybe just as iffy as this was going into it. You know, sure. Was I going to be completely back to normal after surgery? Maybe not. At least that's what my doctor said. So, again, that's the latest. It's called PRP. P is in Paul or P is in pl- platelet.
0: Now, now, as we always say when we talk about whether it is uh, uh, celiac disease or anything, what works for us may not work for you. We're just passing on our experiences. Take this information to your doctor and find out if he, if he or she thinks it's something that you should look into. Right. Ooh. I know. Do you see the, the lights are starting to flicker? Yes, and I hear the, the
1: big machine down the hall. Yeah, they're, the, start...
0: they're getting ready to Zamboni the floor. Yeah. Well, that means uh, if you would like to be our last call, now would be the time to pick up the phone and dial that number. That number would be 312-981-7200. Uh, time for the last call, 312-981-7200. And as always, the calls will come in and um, Julian will give us the number of calls there, one between one and 97. It's my turn to to uh, pick a number this week. So I'll
1: pick a number. And if you are the person that we chat with for a few minutes as we wrap up of this five-hour show, this five-hour extravaganza, you will receive a WGN Radio Retro logo T-shirt. You will receive your very own desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, the 60-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. And we would just love to chat With you to put a little cherry on top of this, um, this five hour show on the radio.
0: But lower again 312 981 7200. (laughs) Yeah, look at the lights. the Zamboni's machine is getting closer. Yeah, you do have to go home, and so do we, and
1: fill this pie hole with a hamburger or a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, or peanut butter and jelly. Something I'm starving.
0: Yep, literally within the past hour, we both said,
1: <laughs> okay, I, th- I think we're. Uh, uh, I got to eat something more than some crackers and cheese.
0: Julian, you getting hungry?
1: Mm-mm-mm.
7: I've been hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten since three.
2: Oh.
1: Are oh, you kidding? Uh, you know, I got to start bringing some food in here for us. Are you but, for that? I'll, I'll start bringing some something
0: you don't have to tell me twice okay so so what is your uh 2 a.m snack of choice who me yeah yeah you
4: oh that's a tough one
0: um
1: he's fantasizing about food
3: trail mix sounds good right now
1: oh (laughs) golly well then you're going to be impressed with whatever i bring in right a trail mix will do it for that you.
3: apple butter was something.
1: Oh, good. Yes. Oh, I've... Oh, oh
0: please. Like a piece of warm please.
1: homemade bread. <gasps>
0: oh, he stole my heart. Yes. And there is nothing better. I know I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Nothing better than waking up in the middle of the night to the smell of apple butter in the crock pot in the kitchen.
1: Yep. And it cooks oh, for yeah. 12 hours. Oh, yeah. So it can make you crazy. Oh,
0: baby. Oh, I'm baby. baby oh, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is Barry White on the subject of apple butter. <laughs> okay. Last call. Right now. I'm choosing a number out okay. of all the people who called in and I'm going with lucky number three. Number three.
0: Okay, number three, number three, number three. And uh number Let's, three would be Elaine. Hey Elaine, where are you calling from?
2: Oh, hi,
1: Steve and Johnny. I'm calling from Tinley Park. Well, welcome to the show, and you are the cherry on top of this five-hour extravaganza, Elaine. Why
0: why are you up at this hour of the morning, Elaine? That's a good question, Steve. I'm wondering that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Are you normally a night person? No. No no oh no are you you, or you're only a person during the day and then you change into something else at (laughs) night and i i switch around all
4: right
1: now now that we've talked about how hungry we are and i'm not kidding you i'm going to be scratching around on the bottom of my purse looking for a peppermint to to chew on in a few minutes are you going to have a snack before you go back and try to get some sleep
7: I think I will.
8: I think that's a good idea. I think I might have some ice cream with cherries.
0: Oh, <laughs> ooh, I I ice cream with ice cherries. Cream
1: too. I might want cereal first, and then have some ice cream after
0: that. <laughs> oh, like I got to share with you what Johnny just <laughs> got, uh, because we knew Joseph was coming to town. Okay. Johnny is now able to make snow cones,
1: but not just any ooh. snow cone. Ooh. Shaved ice. Like the Hawaiian shaved ice, it's actually like snow, so it's not granulated Mm. like snow cones are.
0: This is so good. It's like you you put the the water into a Uh, a bowl, so it freezes, and then you put the frozen... You
1: make hockey pucks of ice.
0: And then you put this into (laughs) the machine, and you put the top down, and And you
1: press hard on it, and this snow comes out the bottom of the machine. And then, wait... Not only do I put, then
0: you pour the grape syrup on.
1: I put it. the grape syrup, oh, yeah. but then I put a squirt of Eagle Brand condensed milk on top of that. Oh. Wow! Wow! Is it good?
8: And I don't think I'd sleep the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> You'd be well. Yeah, that's a problem. It's a little bit of sugar, but <laughs> kind of bouncing off the walls after you've had it. But man, that was like the best twenty-five dollars I spent in a long time.
0: I was surprised it was only twenty-five dollars. Yeah.
1: Of course, the syrups cost you a small fortune.
0: Well, there is that. (laughs) It's kind of like a lost leader, like with printers. Uh, The printer is only uh, two cents, but the printer ink ink is $47. (laughs)
2: Right.
8: Oh, that's great. And Johnny, can I get your recipe for your apple butter?
1: Oh, sure. You know, uh, are you online? Do you, are, do you have a Facebook? I can be, yes. All right. Well, if you can go to Facebook. Um, okay. You know what? It might be easier for you if you go to our blog. Go to our blog.
0: In our, you, okay. our blog, you will find that. Go to Steve and Johnny and spell it all out. S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E dot WordPress dot com Okay, and johnny dot wordpress dot com and
1: when you get there on on the right hand side there's a little search bar and all you do is write in apple butter and i've got not only the recipe but pictures so you see what it's supposed to look like it is so much fun to make elaine i'm not kidding you it takes six pounds of apples but you will get easily five to six jars healthy jars of apple butter out of those six pounds
0: now do you have a crock pot Yes, I do. In fact, okay. I just used it today. Now, I'm not kidding. The best smell yes. in the world is to wake up in the middle of the night to the smell of the apple butter just doing its crockpot thing.
1: I always put oh, it. Oh, that's right up my alley. I put it on about 11 o'clock at night, so I don't have to worry with it until roughly 10 o'clock in the morning, because you need to take the lid off for the last hour, put your vanilla in it, stir it up, and just let it sit with the lid off still still cooking for that last mm-hmm. hour for a total of 12 hours oh my goodness
9: oh good. fantastic yes oh that sounds delicious in
1: fact ronnie rice was with us earlier tonight i uh, ronnie had never had it before he thought it was applesauce so he just opened the jar and just ate the jar and i go no you're supposed I to put it. it on your bread i love this. well it was too good just to put it a lid on it and put it back in the refrigerator so i just ate the thing so fantastic.
8: oh that that's great! Oh,
1: that
2: problem. And cool. if you
1: have any problem finding it, please don't hesitate to go to our Facebook page, and you can text me on that. you can message me on Facebook. Um, we're really and, easy. And to for get anybody you.
0: who wonders, we don't have people doing our social media. We do our own social yeah. media.
1: So, oh, wow. so if you reach good out to us, you. I'm going to answer you. And uh, for anybody who wants that recipe, I think the best way to get it would be just Google. Rather, just go to our, our blog and just on the right-hand side in that little search bar, just write apple butter. And rich. while you're there, we love it good. if you would
0: subscribe to our blog. It doesn't cost anything, and we don't spam you. The only thing you will get is an occasional email whenever we do a new blog post. Yeah. That's all you get.
1: Yeah, with lots Super. of pictures. Well, Eli, very, it, good. very nice to meet you. You are going to Get your very own WGN Radio retro logo T-shirt. You're also going to get a desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. The 60 Minute Men visit AmericanWeathermakers.com, and that is a really that's a that's a great gift to have, especially if you're like me. I'm like the barometric pressure must be out of whack because my whole body's hurting. And
0: you really do react to that
1: more often than not. I check the barometric pressure and it makes a difference. So I can know about it in advance if I have my my, uh, weather station on my desk. So Elaine, very
0: good. Oh, thank you so much.
1: Have a wonderful Sunday and we'll see you back here on the radio next Saturday night. Okay.
9: Thank you very
0: Thanks. much. I'll
1: be there. Take care. Bye-bye Hold now. on for
0: a couple seconds, and uh, we'll get some some personal information from you off the air. And By that, the way, I, I just realized yeah. uh, we mentioned that Nick Moss will be joining us next week. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's Tom Appel's turn next week, too. It
2: is. Yes.
0: So we'll talk some cars.
1: And I've been communicating with Tom about this um, story that I came across. Uh, That has resulted in a petition drive to get the government to be aware that cars that are made today are far more dangerous for women than they are for men. Because I didn't know that there's no such thing as a female crash test dummy.
0: And that's just wrong.
1: And there this. You will you know not believe the statistics.
0: M- maybe with Tom, we might get uh, Jill Simonello on too.
1: Yeah, the statistics are stunning. The number of deaths of and serious injuries to women from airbags versus men because of the difference in size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so they've got this big campaign going. And Tom said, "I had mm-hmm. no idea about this. I'm going to get. I'm going to take a deep dive and find out everything I can before we get back on the radio."
0: And if you're not familiar, uh, Tom Appel is the public your consumer guide and uh, Jill Simonillo is also one of our uh, cohorts from MAMA the Midwest Automotive Media Association so um, Tom and also next week Nick Moss will be joining us and uh, hopefully you will join us yeah and uh, don't forget to hang out with us on Facebook go to Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And
1: see the pictures as we drive into work. Some really good pictures tonight. Yeah. It was a lovely drive into work. Also, young Joseph was with us on the radio at mm-hmm. seven years old. He did a swell job, and we got pictures of him, too, <laughs> up on our Facebook page tonight.
0: So uh, Joseph will probably be back. and uh, He's probably
1: awake right now listening. He was yeah, all keyed up.
0: <laughs> and tune in next week to find out if we're back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we may be.